Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to another episode of the Dark Room Podcast, a show about monsters, myths, and mayhem. And today, movie reviews, because I just found out that one of my favorite film franchises, Scream, has another one coming out. Scream 6, baby. And I didn't see anything about it until a month before it's supposed to come out. And I'm surprised by that. But Yeah, I actually... Was like behind on this one too. I'm normally getting all the like n- new release hype news, but this one slipped right by me. Like I knew about five for like ever before yeah. it came out. Yeah, and the show that I never watched too. Like I, I at least saw things about it. Yeah, the show is is I don't know. The show is loosely scream related. It it's its own thing though. But today we're gonna break up over the next couple of weeks. Uh, the film franchise, and then we're gonna we're gonna review Scream Six. We're gonna see it when it comes out. Um, but today we're gonna start with episode with, with episodes with uh, hmm. Scream One and Two. Um, starting off with Scream One from 1996. Uh, I looked it up because this is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. Mm-hmm. Is it and the, is it the meta aspect of it, like the dissection of the genre? Well, I don't know what it was when I was a kid. I just think I, you know, stabby, scary monster people was the thing then. But gotcha. um, yeah, ever since then, yeah, I, it definitely hits a whole bunch of notes that no other movie really does, or movies mm-hmm. that have tried either imitated Scream, or when they came out first, like New Nightmare, uh, in the eighties, it I, was not as well received. I, I really right. like that one. I think that that's like besides the original <laughs> Freddy like movie movies. Like I think New Nightmare is my favorite one. <laughs> the movie where there's a movie about yeah the, movie. the meta one. I don't know. I like it. They tried. Uh, the Chucky films took a meta approach after Scream came out too, with like Bride of Chucky and stuff. Yeah, true. When they started to become more comedies, uh, but apparently a lot of people agree with me anyway because it has an eighty percent score on Rotten Tomatoes. Weirdly enough, a 79% score from the audience, though. (laughs) I was like, it's not that different. It's usually the other way around. The audience will like a movie more than the critics will, but it'll be like a dramatic difference, too. And it's a 7.4 out of 10 on IMDb and a 10 out of 10 by me. (laughs) I saw that in the notes. I I like that. (laughs) Um, I like the fact... um, that the the names we never hear the the people who passed up on it yes 
The... Yes, I found that out last night too, and I thought that was hilarious. Could, like, imagine what a Sam Raimi scream would have been like. It probably way more blood. <laughs> yeah, like gallons, or gross, just gallons. other gross stuff. I couldn't imagine him making a slasher movie. Though. Yeah, and then George Romero, it would be like probably even more serious. More serious, and somehow they'd be dead. Yeah, they'd there would be zombies aspects to it. <laughs> Has he made movies that weren't zombie movies? Yeah. I don't believe you. You're making me Google stuff. <laughs> Sam Raimi would have been fun, but I, I I like to stick to his Evil Dead movies. I was really never a fan of anything else. Dark Man was okay, I guess. Did you like Spider-Man 1? It was okay, I guess. They, <laughs> yeah. Didn't he do all the first three Spider-Men? Oh, did he? I don't I know. I thought so. Yeah, maybe. I could be wrong. Let us know. Email us at darkroomstories at gmail.com. And if you like this kind of thing when we're done, let us know that as well. And we'll do more movie review stuffs because we like all things spooky, including movies. Uh, so Scream 1996, which is now what it's called because the 2022 version was just called Scream also. So now you have to do the date thing with it. Uh, was directed by Wes Craven, who was famous for the Nightmare on Elm Street films. And written by Kelvin Williamson, who also wrote Scream 2, two and 4. Um, and maybe he wrote 3, too. I didn't realize I he know. wrote 4 as well. Ones. Yeah. And also Dawson's Creek. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that one really stuck out to me. I think he was involved in some other horror films, but I didn't really like dive too much. I thought it was just funny that Scream and Dawson's Creek, because, you know, in, in some level, they're very similar. <laughs> Dawson's screams sans the murder aspect. You know, Dawson's Creek. It's it's high school kids doing whatever, and then they go to college and they go to f- film school specifically. True, which is very similar to Scream One and Two. Yeah, actually, I didn't think of that. <laughs> so the background uh, for the film is Scream. Um, well, its genre is slasher meta horror, and it was kind of the first meta horror film to really pick up steam um there's a jason like a friday the 13th film that tried it a few years before like a long time before in the 80s and there's new nightmare that tried it too in the 80s and neither of them really went anywhere yeah they if anything they're like movies that people don't like (laughs) or they like because of the campiness of them yeah but uh, it also revitalized the slasher genre in movies because in the 90s, like nobody says there's good horror movies from the 90s. You got things like The Ice Cream Man and like goofy, weird, not a lot of good horror When's movies. When's The Candyman? The when did that come out? I think Candyman came out like 1993. That I, I think I, I want to say. Is that considered good? Because I love that movie. I love Candyman. Yeah, I love all the Candyman movies. I haven't seen the new one though. That's something I'll have uh, to The do. new one was all right. I enjoyed it. I heard it was it was like too much going towards the elevated horror element. I mean, it definitely was more elevated horror. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, but I think one of the funniest things about Scream, though, is the fact that it was originally called Scary Movie. Yeah, which is why the Scary Movie franchise is called that. Yeah. Yeah, that's like, the working title. Uh, unfortunately, the reason it's called Scream is because of the Weinstein brothers' involvement in the movie, though. <laughs> Oh, did they choose that? They chose. They changed the name to Scream. Oh, um, I do know. Um, this is the, fir- the first. This is the first. Mo- one of the first movies to have an internet script leak. 
Really? Uh, well, yeah. the internet was like a was like a thing then. Yeah, like a like, newish thing because yeah. it's used in the movie. And now, when you look at it, back then it was like, oh wow, she got a computer and she's texting people what? and stuff. And now we're like, oh, what is that? Yeah, they well, not not to like jump ahead or, but they ha- people having cellular phones, cellular devices uh, makes them suspects. It's because it's like weird. Yeah. Like not everybody has one. <laughs> Although they do try the everybody has one line. <laughs> but no, yeah, it wasn't a daily like this is on you at all times. And even when it was, it wasn't we all had flip phones. My mom got not a, everybody listening, but we had flip phones. My mom got a brick cell phone. I didn't have one until the early two thousands. Uh a flip phone. But my mom had a brick cell phone that had like an external antenna sticker booster on it to make it get better signal. <laughs> so bad and dumb. I had the Nokia, the, the famous Nokia. The phone. one you could kill someone with and it yeah, would still the, work. When you could still buy a cell phone at 7-Eleven. Yeah. <laughs> and play Snake on it. Yeah, and worry about your minutes. Uh, I remember though, <laughs> I think it's funny and actually cell phone talk is, this is now a cell phone talk show. Remember when cell phones just kept getting smaller? Yeah. When I had the juke. Yeah. That was my favorite thing. I always bring that up when I tell people like, yeah, I had a friend. He had a phone. The little switch it was just a little <laughs> thin switchblade thing. <laughs> and then I had a razor, which just was like the tiniest thing to fit in your pocket. I had one of those too. Those were the best. I now that. it's just about getting the biggest phone you possibly can fit in your hand. I bought that shelf price when $300 was absurd for a phone. <laughs> hey, man, I just got told I can get a discount for like $800 if I trade in my old iPhone. Ooh. Yeah. I always figured they wouldn't actually want my phone. Like the, the shit I put it through, you know what I mean? I don't want to give them my phone. Yeah, all the, all the secrets on it. All my secrets. secrets. All my secrets. My secrets. <laughs> so because of something that I told you that you weren't aware of yet, but uh, Williamson actually wrote the scripts for films one through three ahead of time. So when he started pitching it to like movie film companies and stuff, uh, it actually started a bidding war. Apparently everybody loved the scripts, but the idea oh, of shit. having a pre-built-in like trilogy set to go really made it like a like a valuable asset to go after and then it was bought up by dimension films which does does dimension even make movies anymore they did like final like uh final destination stuff right um god i think that was then when i was yeah when we were watching the first one it was even like like dimension <laughs> yeah i remember when lionsgate was really big into making horror movies and i was like oh this is gonna be good but they were really just making like cheapers creepers and stuff. They're uh, apparently rebooting that series without the creator. Without the creeper? Mm-hmm. It's not no, gonna no, have no. the same it's not gonna have the same No, uh, the monster's gonna be in it, but the IRL creeper's not gonna be in it. I know, that's what I meant. <laughs> okay. He's it's not gonna be it's not gonna have the same uh really heightened uh, 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 fear aspect since the creeper of that movie is based off of the I, director I, himself. I know. I'm pretty sure he wrote it about it. He, he no, put himself in the movie. There, yeah. Um, <laughs> this could probably be its own episode. There, there's like a bunch of breakdowns of it though. You can watch, and people are like, "Look at, like the creeper always goes after like young boys." Yeah. Like, and it's like when he has a choice, at least like <laughs> when he has a choice. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, like I'll go for anything, but. I prefer. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, it, it, there's a lot of people who say the same thing that he wrote his own crimes into the movie. But yes. they said uh, it's a reboot with a new script and a new writer director. It's a requel, which yeah, yeah. will come up later in these reviews. Yes, it will. Because uh, a, a movie franchise that makes fun of every horror trope eventually gets to that one too true and, well in this one we're breaking down the og franchise horror yeah. i guess the not, first not one was making fun the of word. the horror tropes of the 90s you know you got you got your big booby dumb girls running upstairs to hide from killers when they should be leaving uh directly referenced in the movie yep. multiple times I love, um, oh yeah, God, and I then the that. second one is making fun of one sequels for a lot of it. No, yeah, that's the main. That's but then the main also uh, violence in movies causing violence in real life. Yeah. Um, the first one I think hints at it, but like the best you get is the the really good quote at the end of the movie that movies don't make killers. Movies make killers more creative, which is one of my favorite lines from a movie. Uh, so like we were saying, though, uh, a bunch of directors turned down the movie. Yeah. And then Wes Craven originally turned it down, too, until he heard Drew Barrymore was going to be in the movie, which is ironic when Drew Barrymore decided she didn't want to be the lead character anymore and yep. put herself as the first death scene in the movie. Scream's yeah, she, opening kills she went from are final, the best. Final girl to first girl. Yeah. The the opening scenes in all the Scream movies are the best ones, and especially the more meta they get when it's like a movie first yeah and it tricks you and then you get like four or like i think the fourth one had like five of them before they finally got to like the actual opening scene oh well, it, yeah because later on it's you're watching the movie be produced the in-universe movie yeah, stab yeah do the stab do the stab movies are they always like one number behind the main films yes yeah well i think it, no not when you get the five when you get the five they're on like eight Oh, they're ahead? Yeah, because the joke is that, like, uh, you know how, like, horror movies eventually they stop going by, like, the regular script and they don't care about the cast? Yeah. It's like they just make things up for their own enjoyment or whatever. They make fun of that because they talk about how Five had, like, a, a mutated ghost face monster man with oh, chainsaws okay. and <laughs> Okay. I'm or sure so, oh, he has a flamethrower. That's right. I'm excited to get to that one. <laughs> Do you have you not seen Five? Um, once when it first came out. Okay, and I, I liked it. I know a lot it. of people didn't, but I felt like Five was the closest to the original than some of like the sequels that have come out. I honestly, I really don't remember that much about it. I feel like I either wasn't paying attention or oh, we'll have to watch that one together too. Then because I I really enjoyed that one actually. It was, I was surprised that I was because I was going into it thinking I was going to hate it. <clears throat> so. Williamson actually based the script off a real-life murder case. Did you know that? Yes. So he based it off the Gainesville Ripper case that had been, like, recently closed in the 90s, and the killer was actually being sentenced to death in 1994. Yeah. And he apparently was home alone, or he was house-sitting alone, when he was watching the like the news make this big, giant show of everything. And like sensationalizing it and doing what they do. Like that's the reason that they don't name serial killers now. Yeah. It's because back in the day they glorified everything about it. Yeah. Well, even just recently there's like a couple fucking like mass shooters that are like the written down that they were trying to make like a name. Yeah. And they, they the, there's a thing a lot of media is trying to avoid these days. And he realized like one, how horrible that is. But then he was also just kind of like 
apparently terrified of the whole event to the point where he had to like call a friend to talk to all night and they just discussed their favorite scary movies which is another fun oh, thing from the movie which is like because what's became... your favorite scary movie yeah that's cool it was like went from being like comforting to being like the murderer's calling card there's a lot of movies that like i i when i was re-watching the first the, uh scream that i realized i feel like aren't referenced but it reminds me of mm-hmm. like the whole playing a game thing is very much like uh funny games and i was like is that a reference to funny games like i know it could that, be salt but saul was way after these so saul would have copied scream i, I don't the know what around. funny games is we watched funny games did we yeah it wasn't good but we didn't watch the original we watched the one with um brad pitt's brother michael pitt and some more did i black this out probably it was the two guys they show up at a house they knock on the door and they're like hey what are you guys doing and then at one point the dad rewinds the situation or like oh yeah <laughs> oh my god that movie it's not is a so great weird yeah. i think it was a fine like horror like torture kidnapping home invasion film until the magical aspects started yeah, getting added that to was it. so weird i just remember the the golf club scene being one that messed me up you just like movie. unlocked everything in my mind <laughs> <laughs> so like yeah so that was reminding me i was like i knew there was one from like the 80s or the 70s I'm like i wonder if that's some of the reference there but then there's also you know films that weren't out yet like saul and stuff like that that like it gives you you can tell movies pulled from this yeah certain things <clears throat> the you know what it does remind me of though um the when what grade were we in the 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 dc sniper uh, do you remember like how scared everyone was like were up, we adults we might not we were in high school. school were we yeah. i thought we were in college by well, no cuz i was walking to school then really mhm so it would have been even before we were hanging out every day it would have been before we were even really friends. Probably. Oh my gosh! Wow, two thousand two was freshman year. Okay, yeah. So I, I, I always thought of this being something later. In my there life. was people who like didn't come to school and like had absences excused for it. There was like because I, I walked to school and they were like scared we were for New us. Jersey. They were like, be careful around the highway. We're north of well because we're like north of the DC area. Yeah. In the like throughway to New York, Far you have north. Yeah, but it's, I don't know. I can see, like, being afraid of copycats. We weren't in, like, we weren't in a neighborhood that was known for good things or actually, like, just people making up stupid shit. Yeah, well, and we were right in in between New York and Philly. Yeah. I don't know how, like, I always always tell people, like, I didn't usually go to school for the first month of my high school career. Like, every year, that first month, we were basically sent home every day because of some kind of threat being sent to our school because somebody didn't want to go to class that day. Mm-hmm. It was we had we had like five bomb threats senior year, didn't we? Was that at least four? There was there was probably more because literally the like September we almost would get sent home multiple times. A there week. was the pizza time. There was the, I know that the they stopped telling us time. about them at one point. There was I'm trying to think because they they said if we got any more they were going to extend our school year, and that's when oh, they man. stopped. I didn't know about that. Yeah, because we had, we had missed so many days that they were like, you're not going to graduate on time if you get any more. And miraculously, they stopped. Well, it sucks now for kids these days because of how much more prevalent that was. And we were just living in fear because of like one or two incidents 
that happened late nineties. Yeah. That like caused a lot of movies to get delayed specifically. Um, one of them affects the screen franchise at from at, at some point, but yep. we'll talk about that when we get to that one. Do you know that Wes Craven actually uh, plays Ghostface for a little bit in this? He does. Yeah, the scene where Ghostface is getting hit in the face with the phone that's actually Wes Craven in the beginning when Casey hits him with the phone. Yeah. That's Wes Craven. (laughs) That's funny. I was so confused because I didn't, one, I didn't realize that Ghostface was played by multiple people, Mm -hmm. including Wes Craven, but it was mostly stunt actors. For me, I thought like... I just thought it was. I thought it would have been the, Stu and Billy. Yeah, Stu yeah, and Billy like in Matthew the costumes. Matthew Lillard and whatever. Because that would have made sense. That guy's sense. got a weird name. Billy's his name is Skeet. Skeet Erlickson. Yeah. Erlick Erlickson. He's got a bad guy face. He looks he like Johnny. Does. He looks like Johnny Depp in Crybaby. He was in a couple of good <laughs> movies after Scream, and by a couple, I mean one, and I can't tell you the name of it, but I liked it. Hmm. <laughs> uh, where he wasn't a bad guy though. It was just. I think this was the only time he was, really. And then Matthew Lewis went on to be like, you know, scrappy. Or not scrappy. Shaggy. Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. Uh, yeah, the, one of the most loved characters instead of one of the most hated. I don't know. I loved Stu. If, if there was a bad guy killer character to side with, I would side with Stu. Oh, I just meant Scrappy-Doo. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Stu, for, Stu. Stu like my parents are going to be so <laughs> I just love the way he says it. Oh, there's like interview things that I saw with him, which I think you did because you watched some of the same interview shows afterwards with me. Yeah. Where Matthew Lewis is like, I don't know why they let me act like that for this movie. Yeah, he's the, just the, the drool being like shot out of his mouth when he was like speaking at parts. No, and stuff. it made the last scene amazing. He, he seemed it unhinged. <laughs> it was so good. Uh, I, I also love there's somebody I was watching pointed out the fact that uh, Stu and Billy just looked like bad guys the whole the movie. whole movie and ev- oh, there's spoilers by the way if you didn't watch a movie from 1996 early early on uh, when they're sitting outside the school together when we're first introduced to like the gang yeah uh, Stu's the one who defends Billy yeah and why he's like oh, well you know why he wouldn't do that why would he even do that or whatever he says yeah. I think it's funny because one, I watched these movies in 1996, which yeah. would have made us eight, eight. <laughs> and so I didn't have thought process back then. No, it's just like scary. even be like, oh man, who would could be the bad guy? I didn't know how to pick it up. I my entire life knew who the killers were in these movies, so I never had that aha moment. Yeah. Just because did did this movie come out before? I know what you did last summer. I want to say yes. Scream was definitely. Oh man, now I don't know because I saw them both in theaters. I just you saw Scream in theaters? I think so. Wow. No, your wait, parents love you more Scream than one. Scream uh, one. I both. I know what you did last summer. Movies. Sorry, I know there's more than two, but um, no, Scream one. When I was like eight, I was watching them at home. I probably watched it when it came out on video. I have one of those uh, my babysitter <laughs> put it on for me type uh, deals. Uh, I know what you did last summer came out in 1997, so it came out with uh, Scream 2. Okay, well then, yeah. So I was still seeing movies earlier than I should have. I would have been, oh, sure. I would have been nine, and I saw that movie. So we saw I know what you did last summer in theaters, and then had to walk home at dusk with my dad, and I was like, we're gonna get murdered in an alleyway. <laughs> we're gonna get hit by a car, then we're gonna have to go kill people. 
Yeah. Because <laughs> that's the with, rules of that movie. With a fish hook. <laughs> uh, but on top of the fact that Ghostface is played physically by multiple people, I never realized that Ghostface's voice, again, because I was a kid, I was just like, yep, voice changing technology makes sense. Yeah. Uh, that's a whole other person. <laughs> Yeah, that's the the Ghostface's voice is played by Roger Jackson. I I also was like, oh, that's just what those two people sound like. But then, but right. then Ghostface sounds the same always. Yeah, uh, except for like, which one is it where he has like a super voice changer that lets him be anybody he wants, and he's basically a skinwalker. Oh, I don't I think remember. that's three. Is that three? Three. He has the most advanced voice changer in history. Oh, like more advanced than we have now. I do remember not liking three the most out of the original three. It had the weirdest loop back plot to why the bad guy didn't like Sydney. Um, but yeah, Roger Jackson, the voice of Mojo Jojo from <laughs> Powerpuff Girls, Mojo Jojo, is also the voice of Ghost Babe, uh, Ghostface, Ghost Babe, Ghost Babe, <laughs> Ghost Babe would have been a good well, parody. If you movie. ask the Dead by Daylight community, a lot of them would say he's Ghost Babe. Really? You never see his face. I know. You you know these gamers are thirsty. I love the fact that Ghostface in Dead by Daylight is not Ghostface from the Scream franchise because Mm-mm. the Scream franchise wouldn't license their Ghostface, but because the Ghostface costume is owned by Fun World, uh, they were able to get the licensing through them. Yeah, they got the license for the mask. Yeah, uh, and one of the DLCs is the party costume cloak, but uh, the the cloak you get on the character when you purchase them is is like a. It's uh, an original character by behavior, hmm. but it's very Ghostface like reminiscent. Yeah, yeah. I never even thought that it was different. Yep. When I would play as it's it. very funny. Yeah, because the the whole backstory is he's like a reporter who was like tracking people down and killing them, stalking. Which them. is still very close to it. There's a lot of reporter involvement in Scream. In Scream so. too, for sure. There's like exponential reporters. There's reporters reporting on a reporter. There's reporters faking to be reporters reporting on reporters. <laughs> True. Uh, <laughs> so about the mask then and Fun World, uh, Ghost, the Ghostface mask was actually only found by chance. Originally, they... It's like a real thing that was just a costume. It was a real costume that they just found uh, while scouting locations. And Wes Craven liked it so much, but they couldn't find who made the mask that they originally made a replica that was close, but not close enough for copyright infringement reasons. Is that kind of like how they, they, they altered Myers' Shatner face? I think they did that mostly because like William Shatner wouldn't be as scary as a killer. <laughs> Although that would have been great if they unaltered it and it was just Michael Myers running around as William Shatner. Like some dead presidents type shit. <laughs> they so the mask was just like found in an FX store? No, it was found at a shooting location like it was a movie where hitchcock had filmed uh there was a house where hitchcock filmed the movie shadow of a doubt um one of the producers and longtime friend of wes craven marianne madalena uh saw the mask and in the script the mask was only described as being a ghostly white face and so the person the fx company that was working on the mask kept making like goblin-y monster-y very 
like nineties, eighties horror monster Some type like mask. Goosebumps mask looking ass. Yeah, and they're like, these aren't what we're looking for. And the fact that they found like a like a dollar store Halloween costume. Yeah. Made it so much better because it makes it fit so much more with the fact well, that this is supposed to be a movie with real killers. They're not supernatural. They're just like yeah, and fucked up dudes. Like the, the cop comes in and he's like, "You can find the same mask at every dollar Halloween store." Like <laughs> yeah, like you actually can. You really? I had one. Yeah, I, I had, had the bleeding one and the I regular. Was just one. gonna say the bleeding like, one, the glowing one, the red one. If you grew up in the nineties and you didn't know what that mask smelled like, yeah. then you missed out because <laughs> it had a distinct smell on the that inside. mask. Smelled like off-brand action figures. <laughs> That's true. Uh, When they finally did find out who owned it, it was Fun World of Easter Unlimited, and all they asked for was $100 and to make sure that they're credited in every film the mask is used in. I feel like that's probably not accurate. That's just what the guy from Easter World said. Yeah, well, it it really does add to the, like, the I want to say world building. That might be the, the wrong word. The, 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 it really reinforces the fact that this movie takes place like in the world you're sitting and watching the movie in. It's yeah. our world. Like, yeah, they, this they, is something the, that could happen. They're old references now, but in, in Scream 1, at least, every single reference was topical. I mean, yeah. like some of them were a little dated even, cause they, but they're like, cla- like the things, like a classic reference. Well, see, that's the thing, though. Like if you're a horror movie fan, these are it, no matter how old they get, it stays that way. Like, yeah. I will go to Halloween as my favorite horror film, like movies outside of Scream, nine times the out of first, ten. Like the classic Halloween, that one. But also, I have this weird love of the Curse of Michael Myers. That's the, which one's that? Four and five. Four and five. Okay. As long as it's not the third one. No, I can't stand that one. Um, Just like the third Freddy movie is trash. Dream Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I've seen that. I never really watched all of. I that's one of those it's, ones well, I got to do that with. Okay, it's. I call it trash in a loving way, right? Like yeah. I will watch, and I have watched all of them. There's so many bad ones that I'll still watch. And yeah. love when it comes to like 80s horror films, but well, I just haven't me, really stuck it out there for Friday the Third or uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, and I don't know why. Because I watched recently, by recently over the, like the last couple of years, I did all of the Friday Thirteenths. Mm-hmm. When Scream Five came out, I watched all the Screams again. Um, and I still only ever remember the first one because it's the one that was the most important to me. I watched all the Leprechaun movies a couple years ago for St. Patrick's Day. I have to do that because I know there's more than I think there is. They're, and they're they're great. I stopped at Leprechaun in the Hood 2, and I know that there's a couple after that that were like in the same vein. And then there's the really bad WWE one. Oh, I watched it. It's so bad. <laughs> They hyped it. It wouldn't be so bad if they didn't hype it up. They were like, it's going to be so good. You're not, you're going to forget the old movies even exist. And then it's a weird monster movie. It's like a fucking, yeah. It's like, it's like a, some kind of weird leprechaun skinwalker energy. Yeah. And then I developed a new, uh, love of the Hellraiser films. Cause originally I never liked them. Cause I thought the first two were boring. We got we to gotta talk about the last one when I actually watch it. You've got to watch it. But I still say you have to watch four more than any of them because... I'll watch four. Monsters in Space. There needs to be a scream in space, but Monsters in Space movies, it's the best one. I stopped after three for Hellraiser series, um, really? so I can watch four. Maybe it's not four. Is it Hellraiser in space? No, it's not called that. It's called okay. something else. But um, well, it now, I'm, be. now I'm not sure if it was four or not. Because I know one of the Hellraisers, either four or five, is the reason that when I was a kid, I thought Hellraiser was like 
a scary regular slasher monster movie. Yeah. And then I watched the first two and I'm like, what is this? It's a horror art film. Yeah. <laughs> it's like nothing like that. Uh, on the note of like controversy stuff that came with the film, which this is even funnier. Well, not funny. It's not funny. Um, but considering how early this is before a lot of like the high school crime stuff, things like Columbine started happening. Uh, the skill, the, the film, the, the town where this was supposed to be filmed, they were supposed to film at the local high school, Santa Rosa high school. And originally the school had agreed, but the school board pulled out last minute cause they didn't want to glorify violence against children. Yeah. It was, it's just kind of really bad timing. Yeah. Cause they had a 12 year old that was like kidnapped and murdered like recently mm-hmm. in the, in the, I guess in the general area it's California. So in my mind, that's where like all serial killers came from anyway. Well, isn't it similar story to why they pulled why they pulled their punches on ha- describing uh, Freddy Krueger's transgressions? It was because it, like uh, kids were killed somewhere close. Possibly, I don't know that. Like I said, I was never I never really watched all the Friday or Nightmare on Elm Street. He films. scared the shit out of me, so I watched them all. Like, I know we said had an argument about that though, because I knew the whole thing about them not like they, they pulled that on purpose thing, and I was like, no, he's not. He's not a child predator like that. He's just a child murderer. And you're like, it's implied. I'm like, no, they specifically say he's a child murderer <laughs> until the new one came out, the the remake. I still say it's implied. <laughs> <laughs> You, you can say it. Um, and that's why, but like at the time, Wes Craven couldn't find the understanding in himself to relate to those issues. And in the credits of the first film, he actually has no thanks to the Santa Rosa school board. I saw that in the notes. That's so savage. <laughs> <laughs> he was so mad and like unable to be like you're right we shouldn't glorify violence against children but this is a man who had been killing teenagers for a it's decade his, it's literally his job yeah he's to exactly. kill teenagers and he's like where do teenagers go to school i've been uh, doing this high school uh no, that's where you kill them now i killed them in their dreams now they kill them in their homes <laughs> you didn't let me i had to skip right to homes because you wouldn't oh. let me do school the fact that like he stayed on, like I always thought he wrote these for some reason. Me too. But I think it's because he's connected all the way through to the fourth one, um, which he filmed up and like he filmed screen movies until he died. Yeah, he just well he just directed them, right? Yeah, he didn't like write or anything. No, because most of them were written by Kevin Williamson. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I would I would argue that the plot idea for what I've seen from six was comes from ideas of Kevin Williamson from what I've heard about what he wrote. They ended up using a local community center to play the high school then though. So it not like, oh, okay. like so a, nec- ha- a town next door. So they just like not so much a sound stage stage, but they just did a little, little movie magic. Yeah. I don't know how much of this movie was actually done on a sound stage. I should have looked that up, but I do know that the house like Stu Mocker's house apparently they didn't really change much and they, you can go to that house or like, I, I don't know if you can go visit it, but I know people that like I've seen things where people did and you can, it's, you can pretty much walk through it shot for shot. Wait, can you throw me through the window in it? Oh wait, no, that was scream too. They probably would be upset by that. That's not even in that house. There, I, know. I thought, that, I I thought all the too, movies man. took place in Woodsboro. And then I realized that like only a few of them take yeah. place in Woodsboro hypothetically three does but takes 
place in the film version of Woodsboro, mm-hmm. if you want to call it that. I lost myself. Did you lose yourself in the music? I did. The, the last thing the on moment. like on like the backgrounds though of Scream, this is more of like a general Scream note because this is something that gets hung onto for the rest of the franchise is the way Ghostface wipes his blade off, which is is technically also in Dead by Daylight. Yeah, no, I, I was gonna say afterwards, it's it's a hundred percent the the like grab the blade and just the blood yeah. disappears into his hand. That is actually something that one of the stunt actors who played Ghostface, Dane Farewell, came up with um, originally just as a way to avoid continuity issues. So the knife would be clean in the next shot. Yeah, so it's always clean, so you don't have to worry about getting it like bloody or making sure it's bloodied the same way every oh. time. And then it became like this weird like ritual of Ghostface that every time he stabs somebody, he has to wipe the knife off. Which his hands would be so sticky. Uh-huh. He's just wearing Halloween he, gloves. He's like, please like help Halloween me. I'm, I'm covered in marmalade. He is spirit of Halloween. Yeah, he he is. Yeah, the spirit of Halloween. <laughs> uh, but so that's that's kind of like the background. Um, as far as I figured, we could get into on this because we have two movies to go through and like. You know, try to go for forty five minutes. Hell yeah! If not don't not too long. Um, well, I mean, we we're, we're gonna go through the scenes and stuff. And yeah, that's that's gonna take a bit. Trust me, we'll talk about it. We're gonna <laughs> talk about so many things, especially because how excited Wes was for Drew Barrymore. <laughs> so excited. What's her screen time? I don't know. Did thirty do- some <laughs> seconds or something? Thirty thirty nine minutes. It's a few minutes. It's like a half hour. I know that she has. She just beats out the main character from uh, Psycho, who got billed as the main character and then died right away. Yeah. Uh, the The impact Scream had though was it revitalized the slasher horror film genre, and it made it easier for horror movies to look at themselves and make fun of themselves going forward. Yeah, really. Like it. it- a lot of people who would have been like not taken seriously because they didn't seem serious, like they got their chance. I don't know how to yeah. how else to put it. It really, I love the me- the level of meta that it becomes, and then the movies that make fun of it make it even more meta because yeah. the stab films inside of the Scream franchise are one of those things that I always thought was ridiculous. Yeah. But like at the time, I guess it kind of did make sense that something like that would happen. Like how, like when we were working at that movie place that we worked at, where there was films. Remember they, when there was like a, a weekly release that was like Dahmer, Gacy, and it was just yeah. like all about serial killers. And then they were like, I wouldn't say they were glorified and like sexified the way that they are right now with like the Jeffrey Dahmer movie that came out and like the Ted Bundy one that came out, but it was definitely unnecessary yeah to make like these action movies about these murderers and so it kind of fit in that timeline sort of 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 i forget what we were saying uh screams impact on the slasher genre it was good it was super good jared's dog interrupted us (laughs) (laughs) so scream stars nev campbell courtney cox david arquette ski ehrlich earl earl Earl, Ulrich? Ulrich? Ulrich. I never Ulrich. know how to say that name when I see it. <laughs> Matthew Lillard, 
Jamie Kennedy, Rose McGowan, and Drew Barrymore. Some of those people's names, I don't. They shouldn't be as billed as they are because they don't last very long. Um, <laughs> yeah. And ironically, Drew Barrymore was meant to be the main character. She was supposed to be Sydney Prescott. What else is Nev Campbell in besides this? Really? Party of Five. Oh, okay, I never really Scream watched. 2. Well, I mean, any Scream movie. Scream 3. <laughs> Scream 5. Um, she was in Wild Things. That is a movie that will always be near and dear to my child heart, and I definitely shouldn't have seen. Have you seen Wild Things? No, I'm looking it up right now. You've never seen Wild Things? Mm-mm. I don't, wait, maybe. Oh, my goodness. Hold on. People have watched inappropriate childhood movies, man. Oh, wait, the one where they're in the water. Yes, yes. I've seen that movie. <laughs> I've definitely seen that movie. Because uh, it has, uh, what's her name in it? Um, Charlie Sheen's ex-wife. The other girl in the water. Charlie Sheen's ex-wife. Is it? Yeah. Denise Richards? That's it, yeah. I forgot her name. I, I didn't just... know she was married to Charlie Sheen. Yeah, they have a kid together and everything. She has an OnlyFans now. Oh, I did not know that. I do because it was. I don't know why I know it, but it was like a thing. I know why you know it. No, I don't think it like has. <laughs> I don't think it's like that. But like, Charlie Sheen's daughter had one, so it's a a, a sign of solidarity. She started one with her. Mm. I don't think it's with her. Man, I am saying things that sound so much more inappropriate. I than understand they are. what you mean. I don't even think there's nudes. Yeah, I mean, I get it. a lot of people just do taste like tasteful lewds. Yeah, and I mean, if you've been, like, making out with Nev Campbell in a pool in a bikini, I think, I don't think, I think most things are tasteful, comparatively. (laughs) (laughs) Not that I didn't like the way that tasted as a child. I'm going to stop talking about this. (laughs) (laughs) So, Scream's impact on a genre. (laughs) No, we're on cast. Oh, oops. We passed Scream's cast. Scream brought horror films back to the main light. That's that's the main thing. Well, slasher horror films. Um, speaking of the cast though, Drew Barrymore, we said it before, but like it was her choice too. So she's billed as the star and she's like, what if instead you kill me right away and I don't have to do the rest of the movie, which for me, I think was a good thing. Cause I think Nev Campbell as Sidney Prescott is a better choice than Drew Barrymore. Yeah, I think she was great for the role. But I had a crush on Nev Campbell, and I didn't like Drew Barrymore as a kid. <laughs> so it could have been that, too, that that fixed that. It's just funny that Wes Craven got involved with the movie because of Drew Barrymore, and then she left. Yeah. Immediately. Like, she did five days of shooting. And not that I didn't list him in the, the casting, but Henry Winkler was only in the movie for one day. He His whole entire shoot was a one-day shoot. <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh, I did because he has the the original mask that they came up with before they got the licensing for the ghost face mask. You can see it in that scene because he has it the whole time. Oh. Also, the janitor is Wes Craven that he goes out to yell at in the hallway. Yeah. And the school's closed. I didn't realize that either. It's also funny because he gets murdered and to jump way far into the notes. Uh, the reason that it, the the movie has the part where everybody's like, "Oh, Principal Avery," I think is his name. I'm not sure right now. Principal Fonz. Principal Fonzie is uh hanging from the flagpole is because they needed to come up with a, an idea for why everybody would leave the party. Oh yeah, the goal. No, strung him up from the goalpost. Yeah, 
So so that was like a last minute thing. They're like, I guess they were like, all right, now we need everybody to leave so we can just kill the cast that we were supposed to kill. No extras. And it was like, we don't have a reason to. Oh, he's hanging up with the thing. Yeah, because we never see that. No, because he gets stuffed in a closet, I'm pretty sure, in the, the movie. Oh, so he probably just called and, and like killed. told people that? Either that, well, I, that would make sense, actually. Considering. So, the the basically, Scream is about Sidney Prescott, who, in my opinion, is one of the most badass final girls of any movie, because how many ghost faces has she killed or seriously wounded at any point one at this like, point at this point none oh yeah true. None not at the end of the movie yet uh but she is mourning the loss of her mother on the anniversary of the the year that her mother her mother was murdered a year before yeah it's well it's the beginning of the movie it's like a couple days prior yeah and so, everyone's like, just get over it, Sydney. It's been almost a year. Especially her very, very concerned, sensitive boyfriend. He's very sensitive and he's concerned. He's very sensitive and concerned about what she's going through. And he's not at all worried about the fact that she won't give him the sex. So yeah, she's, he's like, you know, you won't touch my wiener. So that reminds me of censored for TV Exorcist movie. Yeah. Or... <laughs> Over the pants stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah, which he specifically <laughs> came to ask for. Yeah. He's like, just give it, a, just give it a little rub let's, down. Let's do some dry humping. Is that okay? Like, I, I just may or may not have killed my friend's ex girlfriend, and now I'm just in the mood. So, she, she, while she's mourning though, uh, a st- a killer starts to attack the town. And then they start to target Sydney specifically. She is like attempted victim number three, technically, because the movie opens up with Drew Barrymore's character, Casey, and her boyfriend, Steve. Being Oh, yes, yeah, Steve. I was like, three? Sorry, Steve. Forgot about you. Being murdered as the opening scene of the film. Still one of the best cold opening horror movie death scenes ever yeah normally it's like a quick little like whatever but this is like it's super violent i think it's like the first time too that like they, we had the killer like call directly and interact with like the first people well because yeah because we're used to people like michael myers who doesn't speak yeah that's true or like jason Voorhees who doesn't speak yeah or freddie who kills people one at a time like yeah in their sleep and the this is like the first time the killer called to like taunt them and like he fully he was like it was real life stalker stuff this is why i always thought these kind of movies were scarier for me is the fact that it could happen where like monster movies and like even things like michael myers and stuff i was like nah that's unrealistic and so i never would get like the same kind of like fear factor out of them yeah i mean unrealistic like michael myers impaling someone to the wall with a shotgun instead of shooting them with it like yeah you know just like super duper strength and the ability to regrow his head and all these things yeah oh well all right we'll have to talk about super strength again for the first kill in the second movie (laughs) it <laughs> it's two people. Not to give too much away, but it's always two people. True. 
Ghostface is never a person. True, but like to stab through spoilers for the beginning of the second movie to stab through a stall (laughs) a stall door or wall divider i mean accurately what does he have echolocation x-ray vision some kind of clark kent shit maybe he was like looking over top also do we think that it was um which which of the two stabbed through or okay well it wasn't it wasn't uh the one because it was the guy's room (laughs) yeah back then that was you definitely that, you yeah, had to do it. I'm thinking were... like 1997 logic. They're like, well, he had to be the killer. He killed a guy in the men's room. <laughs> uh, that's one of the things. It's like you never know which one is the one. Never, because you know, well, Ghostface. No matter if he's male, female, tall or short, it's the, it's the same changer. height and the same voice changer, <laughs> same voice. And like, I even. In in the opening scene with Casey, there's a part where he's like, "Hey," when they're uh, she's on the phone with her mom, and I was like, "Is that Matthew Lillard's voice?" And I'm like, "No, that's just a strange voice." Yeah, like that's not the voice changer voice. That's none of the voices that the bad guys. I thought maybe it would give it away. My well, when, thoughts when um Sydney does it at the end of the first movie, you can hear her voice behind yeah. the changer. Yeah, so it was so confusing. Um. My my opinion for the opening scene is that that is in fact Stu, because Casey is his ex girlfriend. So he knows the house. So he knows the house, and he. Well, it's uh, the same thing they said about the end, the chase scene in Stu's house. Like he knows everything about the house already. Yeah, but also, um, there's a there's a joke later that Casey left him to be with Steve, which makes sense for why. There'd be violence towards the two of them. Mm, okay, like the whole movie is is geared towards this idea. It's like a revenge plot, but it's a revenge plot where the revenge has already been done, and now they're just reveling in it. I I guess. Yeah, because Sydney didn't do anything. No, and they already got what they were their intention was. So it's like that part's confusing. Is the what keeps them going other than they're just psychopaths? Yeah. Um, but it would make a lot of sense because uh, some of the victims seem targeted based off their well, closeness if, to certain individuals in the movie. Besides, besides the fact that they they seemed like they wanted to get caught, right? They had like their perfect little alibi, whatever. They didn't want to get caught. They their intention was to well, not they wanted get they, they wanted to get found and be. Uh, you're right. They wanted to be like victims. Yeah, immortalized. Um, but you're right. They they literally could have stopped. Before the, Sydney knew anything, and they could have lived happily ever after. You know what I mean? Like yeah. little like savior survivor lives. But I guess the well, look at Matthew Lillard's acting for Stu. Like he was, a, he's he a psycho. Unhinged, yeah. Yeah, he he was abs- he was absolutely disturbed. Like he's like, did you really call the cops? <laughs> My mom is gonna be so mad. So good. I always had um. And it's ironic because the moment after I rewatched it to see about it, this uh, Mandela effect that was related to the Scream franchise, specifically at the end and Matthew Lillard's character, where I always thought he said, I'm dying here, man. I'm feeling a little woozy. And that's not what he says. Wait, that's not what he... He says those things, but not in that order. Oh, no. He says, like, he's like, you stabbed me too deep. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so, and like, I don't remember what I always thought it was because after I rewatched it, I was like, that's the new logic. Oh, is it like the Luke, I am your father misremembering? Something like that. Yeah, it has to have been. But then like, it it messed me up. But now I can't even remember what I originally thought it was. (laughs) But I always had like a a mix up in that movie for some reason there because I used to quote it with Jared all the time. Yeah. And like he would, he also remembered it that way. And then I rewatched him like, that's not how that scene is goes. And then after I rewatched it, that's how it is in my head. So I'm like, is this how like Mandela effects get erased? Like once you learn the reality, it stops. Yeah. Yeah. Like the quantum, time catches up with locks you. you. Yeah. It's so I just have this idea that I had an idea that it was different. <laughs> it's super weird. Uh, the cold open itself though, actually almost got the movie an NC 17 rating. Because just the scene where Steve gets gutted originally and in the unrated version, uh, when she turns on the light, his guts fall out and drop to the ground. I thought I remembered that. I must have I seen I think I've only unrated. seen the unrated versions. Yeah, when it didn't happen in, in like this watch of it, I was kind of like, huh, I, th- I thought this was more graphic. Yeah, did you watch it on Paramount Plus? No, I watched, on, I watched uh, it. The screen movies are on YouTube. Oh, really? Yeah, free with commercials. Interesting. I watched it on Amazon with Paramount Plus. Okay. And I was like, oh, it doesn't really happen there. That's interesting. <laughs> Cause it, but it does in the, uh, the unrated version. So I think that's the only one I've seen. Uh, maybe not the first time I saw the movies. Yeah. When I saw it on VHS. I've never seen... I've never seen the cut of seven where you get to see what's in the box. That was a that was like a theater theatrical one. There's a cut where there's you can see in the box. Apparently, only if you saw it in theaters. Apparently, oh, I would think you'd be able to see weird. it online. That's but. the opposite normally of how things go. Normally, the theaters are like more stringent with the rules than the home releases. I'd have to re- I'm gonna have to re- find. Yeah, that I was gonna now. say I'd have to re-Google it for you. I just remember being sad about it. Someone told me they saw what was in the box. I was like, I want to see what's in the box. <laughs> but even the, <laughs> even the the full body of Casey hanging was uh, almost got them. Yeah, NC seventeen rating with, with the freaking garage door from hell. Like, how strong is that thing? That's Tatum. Casey is in the beginning. Oh, wait. Oh, oh. oh hanging because, from the tree when her mom sees her. Oh, yeah, because her guts are straight up roping down. But that is, that is the hardest part of the movie is she's getting murdered hard and her mom is listening to it on oh, the phone. Oh, yeah, because he's finishing her off and he hears she hears it's, her like grunts. It's, it's so much more realistic of a home intruder murder kind of movie than like... Any other slasher movie from the well, 80s. Well, he's also like, like, take the bumbling side of Ghostface, which like became the comedic aspect in scary yeah. movie. But like, it, it, it proves that there, it was just like an obsessed person who had no violent training. Yeah. Like, like they're not like, they're, they're, they're not good at what they're doing. They're just passionate about it. He wasn't driven by supernatural evil. Yeah. Yeah. They're he, just regular guys can't trying pick to you do up off the ground by, with shit. one hand and fucking stick you to the wall with a knife well arguably they do have super speed and super strength at times like you've mentioned like how it went from he was dragging her to a tree while her mom was on the phone with her yeah yeah honestly though the scary movie opening cold scene for that with uh carmen electra is equally as good yeah it was good it was very good (laughs) 
There was another one too, another parody movie that I don't think ever picked up too much, but I liked it, which was a, uh, I think it's called Shriek. Yeah, it's Friday the Thirteenth and Halloween all at the same that time movie, or something like that. That movie's great. I love that one. I liked that one more than Scary Movie. It's originally. got the picture like the Freddy Krueger with the Swiss Army knife fingers. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's that? What's the guy who played the cop? in that like the dewey character i don't know but the dewey character in that was more equivalent to what dewey was supposed to be in scream yeah because he was he was a doofy guy i think he was called doofy in that and doofy and scary movie doofy oh, and i'm scary talking movie. about shriek oh, i'm thinking of the wrong one i don't remember shriek now but yeah originally dewey was supposed to be like a sexy buff dude and another role change happened where david arquette was supposed to be he has to one of the teens part. yeah and he has to be the deputy and i don't think it would be I don't think it would be as good if Dewey wasn't played by David Arquette. I agree. If it was like some jacky, like handsome, strong dude, it would have it would have ruined it. Okay, so this movie is called Shriek. If you know what I did last Friday the Thirteenth, and it came out in two thousand. It's not. I thought I said something about Halloween too, because um, it was about like the one dude was like dyslexic, and at one point he's like, "Yeah, man, it's Friday the Thirteenth and Halloween." Tom, Tom Arnold plays the cop in Shriek, and Coolio's in it nice <laughs> i have to rewatch that I've, it does i don't say, even know where to find that it now. does say it's a parody of scream friday halloween nightmare i know what you did last summer friday the 13th or just friday no friday, like friday, friday. friday 13th sorry <laughs> it just would have been great if they're just friday, out chilling friday gotta Stop. get killed Stop. on friday no. <laughs> never do that again i can't promise anything <laughs> So after Steve or Casey and Steve are murdered, the next day, it's it's the only thing that's talked about at the school, and the kids are outside in like the quad area because this is the the greatest high school campus I've ever seen, uh, where it's more like a college campus, and there's just different areas that they can hang out and stuff during class, I guess, but they're all talking about how they got interviewed. And one of the first things Stu goes is like, yeah, they, did they ask you, <clears throat> did they ask you if you went hunting? Do you not remember that part? No. He asked Billy that directly and Billy is like, yeah. And then the girls are like, what does hunting have to do with it? And they're like, well, you know, cause girls don't go hunting. So it'd have to be a guy. And they have the whole argument about like gender equality where the girls are like a girl could have done this and the guys are like no they couldn't i don't remember that in the first one is that why in the second one they make the they're like whoever whoever he is or she yeah that's why they like make sure to say that yeah because in the original like it you don't remember the scene it's near it's at the beginning it's billy sydney tatum Stu, and Jamie Kennedy's character, Randy, oh my gosh, that I lost for right now. And they're all talking about who the killer could be. And that's when Randy accuses Billy of the first time. That it's yeah, happen. okay. That's the and scene where he's like, Billy they're making do the, it. Yeah, they're making the whole jokes where uh, Stu accuses and says, "Did you? I heard you left her liver in the mailbox. Did you liver uh, in the mailbox? Oh, and yeah. then Stu does the whole liver alone thing. Mm-hmm. That all that part is like right there, but right at the beginning of that his Oh, his, so it's at the beginning of that scene. Yeah, in the beginning okay, of that. I, I like, that. Did you get asked if you were hunted if you hunted? 
and they have a whole talk about how it could only have been a man because they got hung up by a tree and only a man could do it and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. I do remember that. They were saying they wouldn't have the strength to do it. Yeah. Um, Scary Movies working title was Scream If You Know What I Did Last Halloween. That's funny. So so that's probably what you were Shriek thinking of. Steal It? So Shriek is... Well, it came out 2000 and Scary Movie came out... 1997. When, the same year as the first... Or the second Scream movie? Yeah. So then, yeah. So they were definitely riffing off of a riff. That's that's kind of funny. I mean, the killer's voice changer in that movie is it turns out he's hiding a fan in his costume. <laughs> <laughs> like a whole fan. <sighs> I love that Like Scream itself became a subgenre in the subgenre of slasher horror films. Yeah. You, you okay? I was tangled in this cord. <laughs> Shortly after that, Sydney is staying at Dewey and Tatum's house, which always confuses me because I feel like the first time you see it, it doesn't look like it's on the side of a mountain. And then she's standing on a porch that's on the side of a mountain. And I don't know why that always messes. Like I always get confused about that somehow. Like she's changed locations, but she hasn't or no, never mind. That's her house. That's why. Because this is the first time she gets called by Ghostface and he comes to attack her at her house. Uh, Sydney. Sydney. That's when she's like, show yourself. Yeah. And he's like, gladly. And she explains how she's not going to follow the stupid rules about being a dumb blonde bimbo who runs up the stairs when she should be running out the front door. Oh, wait, no. Gladly's from the second movie. Yeah, but then but then she locks the front door with the, the, the chain. Yes. Which, I, when you're nervous and got shaky hands, a little harder to unlock. Well, also, he said he was on the front porch. What were the odds he was definitely in her closet? He probably was already in the closet. He was 100% already in the closet. But I mean, like, in her mind, if someone's saying they can see you from your porch and you go out there and they're not there, you're like, oh, yeah, haha, very funny, Randy. Because she thought it was Randy originally calling her. Yeah, because he's the hard movie guy. Um, it's It's funny because they... they there's a lot of this whole implication that they do like the game thing a lot where they like call them and like ask them questions about movies. They really only do it like once, once, one and time. then they ask her one time what her favorite scary movie is. And then that's the end of that. It's not like they ask every single person. It, it they make it up, sound like they do, but yeah. they just kill people. Yeah, they just kill people. And like the second one, it gets brought up again when Randy's talking to the killer. But like, what's like, what is the, what did the fucking cameraman Randy brings it up? What did the cameraman do? He was there. Wasn't even a high school kid. Well, at the point, at that point in the movie, that's a rampage kill. Mm, that's fair. Um, and and to be fair, because I brought this up before with with talking about horror movies with Jared and Ryan, uh, they are technically spree killers, I think, because there's no cooldown in between their kills. Mm, so it's not so much a serial. Well, it's a serial killing because some of them are days apart. They're like a day apart. There's not much of a cooldown. Killers usually no. In the first serial movie, killers, right. there's a decent amount of cooldown usually. Between in the victims. in the first movie, it's like one day. Yeah, is for the first kill, and then the the girls found dead. They all get let out of school. The principal dies. They have a party. Then there's a massacre. Then there's a massacre. Yeah, you're right. It's like two days. And literally right after the principal dies, that same day, Sydney's attacked. There's not even like a wait. Yeah, you're right. They're literally going from like one attack to the next. Well, yeah. I, I mean, again, it helps that there's spoilers, always two of them. There is a year apart from the first one, I guess. 
and this is like an anniversary event celebration, but they're more spree killers. What they did to her mom, though, and that there is some of like a oh, yeah. sexual psycho aspect to it, I guess does make them more serial killers than like someone like, well, like Myers so would be. I know in the movie they say her mom was raped and murdered. Was it, did they do that or did they just kill her after her affair? No, they did that. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know if that was ever specified or if it was I guess like a red never, I never, They never say, hey, we did these things, but they're like, we did that to your mom. So there's like, there's no them saying specifically what they did. Yeah. We know what happened to her yeah, mom. Yeah, the news is what says it. Yeah. And we know that they admit that they did it to her mom, but they don't specifically say we did yeah. all these okay. things. Okay. Because I, I guess it, to me, I never connected the dots there. I never, I didn't realize if they were just like, they murdered her, you know, during her, her, her tryst. Yeah, it was definitely right after because yeah. that's how they were able to frame Cotton Weary, um, who in this movie you only see a picture of of Lyle yeah, Schreiber. that he's saber tooth. Yeah, but yeah, this is one of the few movies where like the serial killer, psycho killer guy actually has that like psychosexual aspect of them that is common in serial killers because you could even say like. The fact that Billy had to seduce Sydney before he could like fully commit to trying to kill her falls in that range too. I yeah, would say that's fair. But they were playing by movie rules. They were their movie. Yeah, fans, they needed her to sin before they could kill her. Yeah, that's the, my favorite part is the fact that there's always the movie rules that are explained at some point, like when they're at the party finally. So I guess we'll just jump around in this because we'll talk about the scenes that we like. We don't have to go scene for scene what happens, yeah. but uh. You, like a lot of things happen man. You, like just, i guess before we do that though i guess we should talk about the fact that gail weathers because we haven't really spoken about like her involvement in the movie yet courtney cox's character uh right after sydney is attacked she automatically decides that this is related to the murder of her mom and that the man that sydney got convicted must be innocent because i there's a new killer guy I guess. Mm -hmm. And so she confronts her at the police station. And this is the first time Sydney punches Gail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I made a note of that. Um, Bam, we'll, we'll not be the down. last time. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird that they become friends eventually through yeah. trauma because it takes a while. Yeah, it takes two movies. <laughs> so, well, to be fair, in this movie, um, I mean, she has her like moment. She has her like kiss with Dewey, but like, there's not much to like about Gail in this movie. No. She's literally like a leech. She's like just profiting off of she's Sydney's trauma for real. Like, she wrote a book about Sydney's mom's murder, made a bunch of money, and then accused Sydney of falsely accusing a man. I mean, to which, get him. She did, but she didn't did do it yeah, purposefully. It did, she, I mean, she said what she saw, which was a man in Cotton's coat leaving. Yes. So, like, that's, you know, you, you, they take it how they take it. But that evidence then comes with other stuff. <laughs> and she's like, mm, maybe I did make the wrong choice. Yeah. <laughs> well, after she's told she made the wrong choice. Yeah. But that's in one of that. That's one of those tough situations because I mean, witnesses are fucking not as ironclad as TV makes them out to be. Anyway, especially if you're like in the trauma of like memory. Memories is bad in the, the best of times, and people who think they're they actually. I, I saw this on one of those like mind bend like they show you how they do tricks on people kind of shows. 
And uh, for the the fake witness segment of the show, they had a former like detective on or whatever. And he was like, eyewitnesses are good until they're not because most people actually don't remember things correctly. No. How many times have we seen things where they're like, well, just think of like memory games. Like how hard are memory games yeah. for a reason? Like you're like, okay, I flip these all over. All I got to do is match two of these faces. I don't remember where they are. Yep. Or then you, things you wouldn't think. Like you're like, he was definitely wearing a blue jacket and it was like fucking bright pink. Yeah. Like <laughs> my favorite is when people give car descriptions. And they don't know anything about cars, but they're like, it was a, a green Ford. Yeah, I see. And I, then later I it's a like, blue Toyota, and you're like, at least you were right about it having four doors. I, if you ask me to describe a car, it, I would just send a gif of Miss Swan saying, it looked like a man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, Gail confronts Sydney, gets punched in the face. Sydney then goes to spend the night with dewey and well well after sydney was attacked and she got away by calling the police on her dial-up computer yeah through text message somehow <laughs> yeah she texted the cops in the late 90s i don't could you do that was, in a chat room i don't know was that like a wealthy person thing we weren't we weren't privy to well her dad was a pilot is that what is that what he did yeah man he was a pilot. He was going to some kind of piloting convention or something. I think that's what it is. I don't know. Her dad is only All I can her ever... dad is one of those actors where you're like, oh yeah, that's that guy. I think he was a vampire in something once. Oh, he was, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. But like I've seen him in a million things. He's always somebody's dad. I but was like, just he was say... in the movie for like a total of five minutes. I was gonna say he was just vaguely creepy. But um all I That's remember... the thing. This movie is great at like once again. I always knew who the killers were as far as I could tell because I was a child when I watched it with no critical thinking abilities. But even as an adult, knowing who the killers are, they do a really good job to be like, no, it's that guy. Yeah. Like if any movie, this is like, they have well, they, like M. They, Night Shyamalan type twists. You see the fucking principal twice and you think it might be him at one point. No, I never thought it was going to be Yeah, him. no, I mean neither. But they like make you want to. They cast doubt. Well, I guess I should say. I definitely, like, if I was an adult, an older person who understood more what was happening on, I don't think I would have gone straight to Stuart Billy. I would have definitely thought. Well, Billy's face looks like a crime face. Again, he looks like Johnny Depp and Crybaby. He looks like a teen heartthrob Johnny Depp and Crybaby. Yeah, you're right. Um, He... Uh, I will say, though, the dad description that I always remember is just the scene from Scary Movie when he's like, if you're going to sell it, it's baking soda, not making powder. Baking powder, they'll have muffins coming out of their nose. He's telling his daughter how to sell the cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) He's like leaving for a convention. He's like, what did I always tell you? She's like, yes. Anna Faris is fucking wonderful. That's that's a fun way to describe somebody. Oh, she's so funny. So to celebrate curfew, though, or no, sorry. Once again, got to finish this part. Um, after she's attacked, she barricades herself in a room in a, in probably the most creative way because she just like puts two doors together and it like locks them in place so that they can't get through. Yeah. And then there's a pretty good method because you're not getting like unless you rip the doorknob off, you ain't getting in. Yeah. And seconds before Dewey shows up holding the killer mask 
And the most well doesn't no Billy in, doesn't Billy show up first? Billy shows up first. Yeah, I was I was getting to that. I was gonna say like before Dewey shows oh, up. Oh 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 my bad. Billy before crawls Dewey in the up. window again, super out of breath, super kind of like creepily. Like he looks like he got smashed into it for some reason, and then his cell phone drops out, and it's like oh no, he's the killer. He has a cell phone. Yeah, he's suspicious. the only person on earth. Suspicious, suspicious. And then Sid runs down to get away from him because she now automatically assumes he's the killer. And that he can teleport because the, the killer like exit stage left. Billy shows up stage right. Yeah. Uh, but what do you think about the fact that when she opens the door, Dewey is just holding the ghost face mask to. Yeah. Why is he doing the, that? The eye hole. To why, the is, peeping hole. why is he doing that? <laughs> I don't know. And then he's scared and surprised when she's scared and surprised at him doing that. Maybe he was just holding it out like gross. It smells. <laughs> he's like, look at this. Maybe he just smelled like B.O. He didn't want Sydney to know the cops were there. He wanted her to think the killers were there so she would feel safe. Yeah. <laughs> but um, they immediately then arrest Billy. And then he goes down to the courthouse. And then Sydney spends the night with Dewey and Tatum. I don't know why I keep putting that too far into the, the past. Like, it happens sooner. Yeah, no, it's not until after the spooks. Yeah, and after she punches Gail in the face, and that's where the boom, bitch went down. Bitch went down. Bitch went down scene happens. And... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. She gets a call from Mr. Ghostface while she's there, and Billy is in jail. So clearly, he's innocent. Uh, and not only could he have not made the call, his cellular device record came up clean. Clean cellular device. Could you even track those back then? I, I, you had to have, but I just love that it's always a cellular device. His cellular device? His cellular? <laughs> his cellular telephone. Well, that was before... What we have now, which is basically mini life boxes. I don't know what else to call it. It's got everything that you need in it. It's a wallet. It's our Android uh, interface device. Yeah. It's our HUD. Yeah, it really is. (laughs) Um, So he's immediately let out. And then they have another very awkward confrontation between Billy and Sydney at school where he tells her she just needs to get over her dead mom because moms it's, leave sometimes. It's, it's been a year. Moms leave sometimes. Have sex with me. <laughs> God. Uh, so they don't stay friends for very long. It definitely make, it definitely shows like once you know, right, and you're watching it, it's very like, he, obvious. He's like he needs her to have sex so he can kill her. Yeah. Like he's playing by the movie rules. Yeah. Which is kind of funny because that's one of the things that makes everybody think it's random. This isn't a movie. All right. They say that in the movie, but that's what that's the thing that makes everybody think it's Randy because yeah. Randy works at their equivalent to a blockbuster. Yeah, he he Randy's busting blocks for a paycheck. 
Which is why it could have been either of us, too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it could have been, you mean both of us? Both of us. <laughs> They'd be like, why is that ghost face different heights? Why is that one chubby? That one skinny. Why does he keep changing like that? <laughs> like, no, at the end when we're caught, we'll be like, how did you know there was two of us? <laughs> it was the shoes. The shoes gave it away. Yeah, but, but <laughs> in, like my shoes will be bright orange. You're like, I knew I shouldn't have worn these. <laughs> my shoes are bright orange. Oh, they are. That's funny. <laughs> I thought you picked that because of that. I'm like, wait, that would make us match. Mm. <laughs> so Stu throws a party because, you know, curfew. You got to you gotta immediately break that. Um, but it's genius for the killer to do that. Because if you have a curfew and you're out, you're automatically suspicious. Yeah, but. If everybody comes to you, you're automatically not suspicious. Yeah, and he invited all the people he wanted to murder. Yeah, true. Well, he invited everybody. Well, and he has a mansion. Like Stu's Stu house, house is, is nice. gigantic. Yeah, it's it's nice. very nice. Um, it's what, a character. What does his parents do? They're out on a weekday. His parents are never there. Yeah, that's what I mean. What do they do? Banking. Probably they're business bankers. They, they're they like buy banks for like businesses. I, I fly to other places for business. Like, what kind of business do you do? Stuff that we could do on Zoom. Well, there are a bunch of like, well, like I said, their college or their high school is like a college campus, so it's got to be some kind of fancy, expensive school. It can't just be a regular public school, even though it's implied it is. But they're all kind of like they're they're wealthy California people. That's just how I always saw it as. Mm, that's fair yeah it's right it does take place in california because in the second movie they're like in california yeah but they're in film school in ohio in ohio that's where the second one takes place it's in ohio weird they they went very far away from california the fifth one is no longer in california too the last like four and five were six isn't sorry six is going to be in new york new york But at the party, Randy explains the rules for the, horror movies. The iconic scene. There's no you drugs. You don't know the rules? No drinking. No sex. And, and never, never say, say, I'll be right back. I'll be right back. And never be alone. They break all of these rules immediately. Well, I mean. Well, they're already breaking some so of the rules. Sue says it, but he's immune because he is the killer. Um, Gail says it. But she is immune because she can take bullets. And no, she didn't get shot till the second movie. Oh, that's right. She can take Spartan kicks. Car, yeah, and car accidents. Spartan kicks and car accidents. That was one of the ones that always threw me off. Even when I was a kid, I was like, she was in a minor car accident, and there's Chris a point. Just assumed she was dead. <laughs> They're like, she's dead. I'm like what? Like it didn't even look that bad. Sydney got out and left. Yeah, it really did not look that bad at all. <laughs> Um, but another thing that brings it back to Sydney's dad being it is that during the party, Gail shows up to spy on the kids with hidden cameras. Well, Creepy. Speaking of Sydney's dad, at this point, they they the cops found out that he never made it to his hotel. That's true. And also, his car gets found nearby, abandoned after the party starts. After the party starts by Gail and Dewey. So they keep leading up to the idea that her father is the one who did it. 
it doesn't make sense for why he would kill the teenagers. It makes sense for why he would kill his wife. Like I could see the logic in, in pinning that on him, which probably should have did the first time. But I guess if they had this whole elaborate plot to keep going, which when you find out how the plot was made, there's actually always been more than two killers. Really? Yes. Um, I think it's like some, I don't know if it's ever said in universe, but it's like a, like out of universe fan theory thing, at least that the killer from the third one. Oh, the overlap. Yeah. Yeah. Was working with Stu and Billy to get this to happen. Oh, I thought he just was like obsessed. No, no. It's like all like connected. Um, that does make sense. Cause one of the. It's a scene from two when you see Ghostface in the background. One one of the reviewers I was I was watching was like made some kind of comment about why is Ghostface and stay walking around in the middle of the day? Well, we'll talk about that in a different movie. Well, here's the thing though. There's three stunt actors too that play Ghostface specifically. Oh. Why would you need three separate people? Unless you want to portray three separate people. True. But yeah, it's I don't know if it's ever actually brought into canon but there's the idea that the roman is a third killer in the first one okay and i think maybe also billy's mom no no she's not that's definitely later that's a thing yeah that's that's a revenge later i love how it's like revenge on revenge it's revenge on revenge so finally billy seduces sydney ghostface comes in fake stabs honestly how did it take that long he's so suave Your mom's been dead. He's like, oh, she's just dead, man. God, how long does a mom need to be dead for a dude to get some fucking blowjobs around here? Your mom died. My mom left. Let's fuck. He's like, it's basically the same thing. (laughs) But he finally gets it before Ghostface, who who's is clearly it's not not Billy. Stew this time. It's not Billy. Is definitely Stu this time. Shows up and fake stabs Billy. Which, if you I, look, there's no holes in his shirt in that that's scene. That's true. I also, though, thought about the fact that, like, wouldn't the cops be like, why has he got fake blood on him also? When they, if their plan worked out. Right. They would have taken his clothes for evidence. Well, They'd be like, why is there not blood on this part? That's think they'd notice because, like, if if they pull a shirt off of a guy who's stabbed, they might not check it. It's true. Because he would have had stab wounds to be like fixed. That is true. Well, okay. I mean, but I was just thinking, I was like, at Man. that scene, that thought makes sense because yeah. he hadn't been real stabbed yet. So yeah, he seduces her and gets stabbed. She runs away from Ghostface. There are multiple scenes where she runs into a car and around a car and through a car to get away from him. Yeah. Including the very first one, which is where the cameraman who you brought up before unnecessarily gets murdered because what connection does he have to anything nothing other than he turns around and ghostface slices his throat because he's there trying to figure out why sydney's in the van freaking out and that's another scene apparently where the mpaa was going to give them an nc-17 because the actor who plays kenny did such a realistically good job at portraying being shocked that his throat just got slit that they're like we can't you can't have that (laughs) that's too real yeah and it it wasn't very like it wasn't like blown it was just a very 
simple practical effect. Yeah, he just made he just sold it so well. Um, and then Gail discovers his body in a fun way where she's driving and he's on the top of the car and she's like, like, why is the window so mushed up? <laughs> she's got to do a bunch of donuts to get him off. So it's, this is a weird part for me because people just keep leaving and coming back at this point. Cause she like leaves crashes, comes back. Dewey, I feel like he's left and come back three times at this point in the movie. Right? Yeah. And then, so this is, uh, the part where Sydney's coming back into the house after before her second car chase, I guess, mm-hmm. where she's not ever in a car that drives away. She's just in a car and then gets chased around a car. <laughs> yeah. And Ghostface is really good. another super strength thing is he is good at punching through windows or headbutting them because in the, in the opening scene, he headbutts himself through a window. Really? Yeah. I didn't realize when, that. When he's fight when he first catches when uh, Casey's outside and she's sitting on the side of the house Yeah, and she turns around and then he turns around at the window. He like punches through the window, but then he headbutts the rest of the way through. <laughs> so he breaks like one little panel and then the rest of the window gets destroyed by him headbutting through. It. I didn't uh, look at that specifically. And that's when she bashes him in the face and that's Wes Graven. Uh, but so she does that, but like right before, she goes through that car chase again. That's when you find out that Dewey's been stabbed mm-hmm. and he is super dead for all intents and purposes. Yeah. He because has, he, he wasn't pe- supposed to survive the movie. Yeah. He's got the knife in his back. He's got the knife in his back. He pulls out, wipes the blood off, starts going after Sydney. Um, she runs away, gets away through the car or whatever. gets back in the house, locks the door and then Billy falls down the stairs. Yeah. in a very like, very dramatic way it's for someone so who's not actually hurt. It's so extra. He could have hurt himself. If you think about it, like that was Billy thinking that's what a hurt person should do. A, f- a hurt person should fall down the stairs head first. He's like, this is such a good just idea. Slide all the way down. Such a good idea. Ugh. And then poor uh, poor Randy shows up to like help Sydney, and he's he's aware somehow that Stu is the killer now. I think because um, he knew the way that the ghost face ran off. Do you think that's what it is? What else could it be, right? Because he would have, if Stu or or Randy being still alive, would have seen or heard what was happening at the the van. Um, And then like, I don't know, seeing the direction he ran off from and then run back from. Okay. Yeah. That's, That's where I took from it, at least. You think he was able to call Stu just because, like, the whole... I think it's his general horror movie knowledge and, like, the way he came from. Because Stu really does. He runs right back from the way, the only way to get off scene <laughs> without being seen, you know? Okay. Okay. Sorry, I had to get my computer charger. No worries. So you're saying that just, like, Stu's knowledge of getting around his own house really kind of gave him away. And because Randy's an expert horror movie guy... He was able to like pick that up real quick. Or are you just saying like regular context clues? Like just the fact that he ran that way, the killer ran that way, and then Stu came back from that way. Obviously, that must be him. Yeah, right? Because he wouldn't have seen him run off. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, did we forget how Tatum died? Oh, uh, <laughs> well, you I started mentioned to bring it, it out early? of order. Yeah, so the very first person who dies at this party is Rose McGowan as Tatum. <laughs> And she dies in the most magical way possible. She dies in a way that made a very funny, scary movie death. It's true. Like, a scary movie basically parodies this, like, she seen for scene. Like, shot for shot, yeah. Because you know, they change, like, small things. Like, instead of beer bottles, 40s get thrown at Ghostface, I think. 
right? Yeah, and he gets fucked up by a couple of them. Yeah. But like, yeah, I always thought that was weird. These, these glass bottles are very fragile that she's throwing at this guy. Well, she drops most of them, too. Yeah. But she's she throwing scared. Throws bottles at him and then tries to escape through a doggy door. But she's too well endowed and gets stuck. That's literally what her problem was. Even though she's clearly at points in the scene through the doggy door with the part that's supposed to be what's stuck. Yep. And, and then, then yep. And then all of a sudden she's back and Ghostface flicks a switch and watches it take her up. And he himself is surprised that the garage door is able to do that. Yeah. You can see that he is like, huh. I thought that would have broken. He like he, I think he was using it as like a if I lift this up a little bit, she'll be stuck more and I can come get her. Yeah. He didn't think it was going to do the whole job for her. He definitely looked shocked. <laughs> the but most garage doors like that have that sensor or even a weight limit, but this is the 90s. I would just assume the motor just wasn't strong enough. The last dangerous era for home appliances. Dude, like lawn darts was still a thing. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's true. They got unbanned for a little while. Did they? Yeah, Br- uh, Brandy from Blockbuster used to have a story about her cousin getting sh- stuck in the knee with a long dart because the wind gusted right before it hit the ground. Oh! So it went up in an arc, and as it came down, the wind blew it, and it went shunk right into her knee. One of the kids I was in Boy Scouts with got hit in the head by one. Did he die? No, he survived. That's why I knew him. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know. Maybe he wasn't in Boy Scouts anymore. No, he was. He, I knew him after it happened. Oh wow! So yeah, she gets killed. And then we get to the best part of the movie, which is Stu and Billy finally letting everybody know what's happening. Randy is standing there. He's saying, Stu is fucking nuts. Stu's the killer. Whatever, whatever. Billy comes rolling down the steps. Billy comes rolling down the stairs. Uh, I think Stu calls Billy a, or no, Stu a psycho. And then Billy locks the door and quotes the movie psycho and says, we, we all go a little mad sometimes. And then he starts licking the blood off his shirt. That is clearly not from stab wounds because there's no stab wounds. And yeah, his shirt's not ripped in any of the spots. Let's them know it's corn syrup. It's corn syrup. Same thing they used for pig's blood and carry. And now he is, if he wasn't a little psycho throughout the whole movie, he's fully psychotic. Yeah, he, at this he point. goes wild eyes and shoots Randy right away, which is one of the few times Ghostface Killer uses the gun, but Ghostface himself. Almost never uses a gun. Yeah, I don't... As Ghostface. Does he ever use a gun with the mask on? From the trailer for Six, now he does. Oh. But that that could be a whole thing, because that's a whole different entity in itself now. But he shoots Randy, assumes he's dead. There's a lot of assuming people have died happening. Yeah. And they take Sydney into the kitchen, where they now go over their evil plot about how they they're the ones who murdered her mom and how it's going to be so much fun and how they're going to be the surviving victims and they're going to get all the sympathy and be the heroes of the story and Sydney's dad is going to take all the blame for them and then they pull him out of the closet I'll beat the fuck up and then they stab the shit out of each other yeah but like I guess that their plan was to put him in the costume and then kill him yeah they they went out of order i think in a little bit they got too excited at this point like they knew they got to their climax they got their story out they're all super pumped but like shouldn't you have the guy not taped up before you may or may not be capable of taking care of it well i do understand not killing him until you're ready because like coroners can like know 
True. <laughs> True. But you would probably want to be at like your best. They're not going to know if you survive that like when you got stabbed. Yeah, no, I agree that you don't want you don't want to They've weakened themselves now. Exactly. You don't you don't want to put yourself in a weakened state before you have to knife fight a man to death. And I low key think Billy wanted to kill Stu. Yeah. His stabs were not gentle and they weren't following the rules that he gave Stu. Um and well Stu stabbed him deep back. Oh, I know. Out of spite. Yeah. But like that's cuz Billy's stabbing him in the back and shit. He stabbed him like four times. Yeah. And then he Stu stabs him, and then Billy stabs him a couple more times. Yeah. Well, it's like one stab, one stab, a couple stabs. Yeah, I think he was trying to kill Billy, which kind of is a throwback to the end of two. Well, two being a throwback to the end of one. Yeah. And then four you know, doing the same thing. You, you get these people that- It happens are, a lot. Think about the people that are going to team up to be like a scream duo like this. Like It's like the Sith. That's why they're always but trying they to kill each other. we're best friends. You know, were they though? Were yeah, they? and you know what? Some uh, some serial killer teams Stu, don't turn out that way. I think Stu was Billy's friend. I don't think Billy was ever Stu's friend. It's possible that Billy didn't really have any friends. Yeah, and if they were leading like the typical serial killer duo mentality, normally what it is is there's one who's in charge and one who just takes orders. Yeah, Billy doesn't seem like he had any original thoughts. No. Or sorry, Stu. Stu. Stu didn't. Yeah, no, it was all just following. Like, why would he want to kill Sydney's mom? Other. He has no reason. No raisins. Oh, so on that, the reason they killed Sydney's mom is because Sydney's mom was having an affair with Billy's dad, and she was the reason Billy's mom left. She was apparently having an affair with everybody. Everybody <laughs> ever, from Hollywood to Woodsboro to the entire world, I guess. Is that what it's called, Woodsboro? Yeah. They're the from Woodsboro. The city of Townsville. Yeah, they're from the city of Woodsboro. <laughs> The borough of woods. They break down their whole plot. They they give their evil monologue, and somehow during it, after they've stabbed themselves, they come to the realization that not only is Sydney missing, but the gun is missing. To which Billy just blames Stu for being dumb and misplacing it, but he's like, "I put it right here." Yeah, he's like, "I know where this gun was." And then, like my favorite line of the movie of the, "I'm feeling a little woozy here." Because it's very evident that Billy went a little hard on his stabs and a little deep as well. Yeah, I'm getting woozy here, man. I'm sorry. I think I got, I'm dying. I got a little uh, chong there in my voice. There you go. <laughs> uh, and then Sydney calls them with the voice changer, and she lets them know that she's not only called the police, but... She's going to kill them. Yeah. <laughs> She's just like, I'm going to kill you guys now. And I mean, you Billy's got like, they just confessed to killing your mom. Yeah. Well, Billy's just mad by it. And he hits Stu in the head with the phone. <laughs> you the phone, you jerk. <laughs> I think he calls him a dick. Oh, is he a dick? A I knew dick. it was something ending in a K. And then he just decides he's going to have dick. a conversation with Sydney at this point. He's, did you Did you really call the cops? He gets a high pitched squeal. At that point, I thought he was done. I thought he was just out of the story. I was like, he is giving up. Yeah. Well, Billy's like running around searching. And fun fact: the scene where she bursts out of the closet and stabs uh, Steve Ehrlich with that umbrella skeet skeet Ehrlich with that umbrella. She he apparently the scream in the movie that you hear is real. 
I there was something that was supposed to protect him. Wait, or, she stabbed him for real? Yeah. <laughs> like he got hurt for real. Either he had an injury that she ended up hitting on. There was supposed to be some kind of protection or protector. It was supposed to be like a prop umbrella. Something went wrong and it wasn't those things. And he that was a real like pain that he was feeling in that part. That's funny. Anyway, so final confrontation happens. Sydney gets them. They attack. Gail Weathers comes in with the gun. Doesn't know what a safety is. Gets booted out the door. Don't I always like- thought there was a. I always thought there was like a, a safeties on bitch or something line, but they don't actually they say, say that. I don't. Afterwards, Gail says that to they? them. Yeah, it's like I remember. No, he's. He, I think he says it because at the end she's like, "I remember the safety that time, bitch." Maybe that is. Maybe I am right. Maybe he did say that or something along those lines. Don't you like though how all the bad guys always know from a distance whether the safety's on or not? They unless unless it's a comedy, they have, and impeccable- then the good guy knows and they tell the bad guy the safety's on. Yeah, but they have like impeccable eyesight. <laughs> well, to be fair, safeties do tend to be kind of large. Well, if and, a gun has and, a safety, some of them have like an some orange, guns don't have safety. Some of them have like a little like colored di- signifier on them too, for which is safe and which isn't. Yeah, but some guns don't even have safeties, or some of them the safety. Oh, well, like a like, like a, a 1911, the safety is there's a two parts to it. It's when you grab it, the the back strap is gets well, you have to put pressure on it, and that'll do it. Oh, okay. And then the trigger has like one on the trigger. Yeah, too. that's how Glocks are too. They yeah. have like a trigger safety where it's like you have to pull the trigger a little, and then it unlocks. Yeah, but that seems dangerous. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gotta shoot yourself in the dick somehow, though. Cheddar Bob yourself real good. <laughs> so Stu ends up chasing Sydney around. She knocks him down, and then crushes his face with a TV. Yeah, it's such an iconic. That's kill. a super fun kill. And then I don't know how Billy. I don't know how she actually ends up beating Billy. I'm like thinking about now, I'm like stuck for some reason. But he winds up on the ground. I think she shoots him. Um, and then Randy pops up, and he's not dead anymore. <laughs> he, he's yeah, like, he gets his final adrenaline rush. This is the part where the killer jumps back to life for one last scare, and he pops up, and Sydney shoots him in the face. Like third eyes this motherfucker yeah ends ends his whole ass life and that's the end of the movie yep the hospital the, the cops finally show up paramedics show up and ironically the part where dewey is being pulled off on the stretcher he's supposed to be dead and then a last minute direction from west craven gives a little nod to let everybody know he's okay yep and the credits play and the most iconic movie song of all time plays of all uh, time red right hand by some cowboy band i guess i thought the movie the song was made for the movie i don't know why i actually also did because it made sense but apparently it's not apparently it was just a song that is now synonymous with the movies because it's in all of them but four weird choice yeah well four four is its own thing Four is a weird one. Four was the one that I didn't like. I say it's almost like we'll get to that one. And we will next week. <laughs> but, but I mean, but. But. On to Scream 2. On to Scream 2. We've referenced it a few times a little bit. We're not going to go as in depth on this one because, I mean, honestly, you don't need to. Most of the most of the back history of the movie is in one. So. I mean, it's a good sequel. It's, it's a good sequel. It's a good. And, and the, the movie's like meta prem or focus is on sequels on sequels and and violence in movies and real life type stuff and that plays hard into 
who the killers end up being. Well, that, one of the killers. The other true. one is that's just revenge stuff. I really like. Um, well, okay, so we get our like teen opening, right? Well, let's let's start with uh, Scream Two came out a year later, yeah, nineteen ninety seven. These later. movies were were made and meant to be back to back. These were like Call of Duty releases. Yes. <laughs> um, this one, funnily enough, eighty two percent on Rotten Tomato for the critic score. Which is higher than the first Scream, which I thought was weird. Yeah. About 57 on audience score, which makes total sense to me. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I also, when I was, so I was looking up the cast of the first one while I was watching it. And you know, sometimes if you're not like on IMDb, you're just on like Google results. Yeah. It'll start listing the actors in the next installment in a series. Yeah. So I'm looking at the first one and I'm like, Jada Pinkett Smith is in this movie? I'm like, there's no way she's going to show up in this movie halfway through. <laughs> And then she's she gets Drew Barrymore in the fucking opening of the second movie. Yes, but Omar Epps gets it first. That's true. Do you think that Ghostface was like specifically waiting to kill those two, or that he just like recognized the guy and was like, was it a packed theater, so he knew the only empty seat would be where this man was gonna sit? I think he did target them, and I think partially because the meta part of it does come up later. Well, she says straight up in the beginning too, like she brings up the fact that like the black people die first in horror movies. Yes, I think that was the part of it. She's I like, think that's what it is. I forget the actual word she uses, but she's basically saying like misusing, uh, misusing the trope or something like, or the the asset. She she says something to beat around the bush about it, but while directly referencing it. There's minor like opening stuff, like the fact that it also got a six point three out of ten on IMDb. So not a bad score, but still slightly less. Like this isn't a bad sequel. No, uh, I think I compared think, to some of the ones that come up after. <laughs> for the meta uh, focus of the movie being sequels, I think it's a very good sequel. And honestly, I I don't know if I would rate it higher than the first movie. I would never. But I would at least rate it equally. I would say if you're going to give the first one an eighty, I'd give the second one an eighty because I think it's a good sequel. I would give it an 80 for sequels, but I wouldn't say it's the same. I wouldn't put it on the same level as the first one. The first one is is like a genre-breaking film, where the second one is really just a sequel. Well, I think it's it's not genre-breaking, but I do think it's like genre-point-poking. Revitalizing. Po- yeah, it, it like... It does everything that you need a sequel to do while like at, doing it like with a reverence. Yeah. Like, it doesn't do it to be schlocky. Yeah. Plus, they were so close together. I think that helps, too. Yeah. But, yeah, no. I was also saying that the fact that the later in the film, the cameraman who doesn't want to get Kennied uh, yeah. references the fact that that the black people are always the ones to die first. Yeah, that's why he's, he's like, I, I, the brothers are always the first to go. And he's like, I don't want to be a part of this. And he tries to quit one time. And then immediately somebody gets murdered. And he's like, you know what? No. And leaves. He's like, I heard what happened to your last dude. Well, I just read your book. I mean, he does come back at the end. Yeah. He, he makes he it through. But he, does he make it through because he quit? Yes. Well, why does he take the job back then? 100%. Well, because he knows that everything's it's fine now. You know, why wouldn't you want to be a part of a giant story after all the danger's gone? That's fair. <laughs> she she told him how important it was going to be. This movie's written as the same, same as the first guy, right? He wrote yep. the first three yes. movies? Well, he wrote... Yes. I don't think he wrote the third one because, like I said, there was a change in the first one. Um, Although you said it was written as three movies. I 
apparently made a spot to write the cast of this one that I forgot. It's basically <laughs> all the same as the last one. Well, Jada, Jada Pinkett, Pinkett Smith, Smith Omar, Omar Epps, Epps, and Sarah Michelle Gellar. And Sarah Michelle Gellar. And the dude who plays her boyfriend, who is the dude from Stand By Me, who I don't ever He's remember. He's also the his guy name. from Sliders. Yes. I'll never remember his name, but also Cotton in its way more, so Leaf Schreiber. He's actually in this. Wait, one. is that Sabretooth's name? Yeah. He's very Scandinavian, I guess. I think. I don't know. I don't know places. I'm looking up the cast right now for that guy's name. I'm not a geometry major. So the movie opens up with a movie premiere for the oh, film yeah, Tim- staff. Timothy Oliphant is in this movie. Oh, that's true. He's in um, too. I guess he's meant he should be mentioned. And, Jerry uh, O'Connell. You think I'd remember that? Yeah. And then the 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 Aunt Jackie from uh, Roseanne's in it. Wait, 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 wait. So in the second movie, it says Luke Wilson is Billy Loomis. Is there a flashback of him or something? He's in Stab. He's the Lu- oh, he's Billy, Billy in Loomis Stab. in Stab. I'm like, yeah. where the fuck was Luke Wilson? He's he's in Stab. Yeah. Oh yeah, because then Heather Graham was in Stab too. Also. The movie flashbacks are the best way to do flashbacks of anything that's Tory ever been flashbacks. Tori Spelling is Sidney Prescott. Didn't and they I, say I see you as a Tori Spelling? Yeah. And I literally made a reference in my notes about the fact that how did Gail get exact dialogue that was in private conversations Yeah, from people who definitely wouldn't talk to her? Yeah. Up until that point, they would not have. Sidney would not have done that. <laughs> so it's... I. I it's great because the whole your mom's been dead a year scene is shot for shot, word for word, done in the mo- in stab. Um, because there's an interview with Tori Spelling about it. Yeah, which I think it's 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 kind of funny how much the like like I said, it's supposed to the those, these movies are supposed to really take a shot at like how media portrays like violent crimes and like glorifies it and stuff. Mm -hmm. And the fact that there's a movie made a year later about this and it's like this big block office, uh, like blockbuster hit where at the premiere, everybody is wearing ghost face masks with glowing knives. And it's like this whole big thing that a hundred percent shouldn't have happened. Could you imagine like a giant violent crime happening now? And then a year later there being a movie about it. I mean, we did have the Boston Marathon bombing. I was going to say um, now that wasn't like uh, that wasn't like a big. No one's made like costumes in like, oh, glorify the killer type. I say we haven't had any killers that wore costumes like that, but we also haven't had any movies about mass shooters. Right. Yeah. But like, is it because is it because of our like horniness for guns? Like if there was a mass stabber, would we make a movie about it? Probably not. But the thing is, like, we have had movies about mass shooters, but they're never, like, the movie Stab is made to be, like, a horror movie, not, like, a real-life, t- real-telling of a real crime that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, like, glorifies it, where, like, there was a movie I watched, I forget what it's called right now, I'm sorry, I think it's a Gus Van Saint movie, where it's basically, it's basically Columbine. Okay. And, like, they even have, like, the at the end of the movie they it's filmed through the cctv footage in a lunchroom at a high school during the shooting oh so like those exist but it's more that made me uncomfortable it wasn't a horror movie that made me like yeah it didn't give me any excitement i was like oh and i felt 
dirty after watching that. Yeah, movie. I get you. Um, so I think that's the difference in how we do it to them. But it's still wrong. Like you, you know what this movie's pointing at the fact that we do do stuff like that. Yeah, very um, true. But yeah, that's where Jada Pinkett Smith's character Marine and Omar Epps' character Phil get murdered by Ghostface with either a super sharp knife that can cut easily through. Yo, he stabbed him directly in the ear hole. <laughs> that that scene always made me feel weird when I was a kid. That's also the scene that made the dick in the ear from Scary Movie Two. I might be why it made me feel weird. I think I may have always connected <laughs> tickle, the tickle, two. Tickle. Oh, gross. Uh, <laughs> Do you know the... I, I didn't actually remember this while watching it, but looking through IMDb, uh, her um, roommate, her like best friend in the second movie, uh, Hallie, or Haley. Yeah. Uh, Elsie Neal was Catherine in Logan. Uh, I didn't see Logan. The old man Wolverine one? No. Oh, it's a pretty, pretty good movie. I don't watch Marvel movies. I don't watch that many anymore either. It was That's a joke reference back to when I was I had that show with Mike, uh, Bearded B-Roll, because it used to come up a lot where he would ask me if I've seen something, and I'd be like, I don't watch Marvel movies. And he'd be like, you don't need to say it every time. And I'm like, I do, because you keep bringing them up. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Uh, so he gets stabbed in the ear, always fucked with me, and then Jada Pinkett Spinks' character, Marine gets murdered in front of 200 people, I think they say, Yo, yeah. which seems like a lot in a movie theater. That's They said it, and I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> Nope, no movie theater is that big. None. <laughs> but she gets killed in front of a bunch of people who think it's a publicity stunt and just let it happen. And I'm wondering now if that was meant to be like a call to the pedestrian effect that may or may not be real. Uh, yeah, I mean, it points to mostly it's not. But Yeah. Well, I don't know. I met some well, people that did. I've literally had someone one time call me and be like, what should I do in this situation? And I was like, call the police. And they're like. Someone else probably will. I'm like, no. Well, call the police. Movie theaters vary in size. The average cineplexes today hold between 150 and 250 seats. Oh, damn. Older theaters held up to 350. What the fuck? Jeez, I don't. That feels wild. Feels like way too many people. I think it's because I actively wait until a movie's been in the theater too long for the people to go to it. Yeah. And also, I don't go or to Or you them. go on that first Tuesday after the Friday. Yeah. That's wild. Okay. I didn't. That's. Damn. All right, so maybe it really was like 200 people. They're now at Windsor College in Ohio. Uh, it's it's Sydney and Randy. Randy's there for for film classes, and I guess Sydney's there for acting classes. Since the only thing that I hear ever see yeah, her yeah. reference to is she's in yeah, a play. Yeah, because she's talking to one of her. Well, she, if she's not there for it, she's at least studying it while she's there. Yeah. Because she has that whole talk with her, uh, I guess he'd be the director, but he's like, you don't have to do this if you have trauma. And she's like, but I need it. <laughs> I need it. Yeah. What is the play she's doing? Oh, uh, I don't know. I wrote. Uh, <laughs> it's weird. I, I and wrote, it's Shakespeare. I wrote PTSD ghost play. <laughs> One of the people in that scene is credited as ghost dancer. What? Yeah. So I don't know. It, it was the trauma ghost play. Because she's like having a great time until she isn't. <laughs> That's how things go, though, right? You're always having a great time until you're not. Yeah. It's like when you, you, when you party real hard, and then at the end of the night, when everything's spinning, you're like, I have regrets. I like to take a sip of my drink the next morning and then re like recoil, like, how did I put this paint thinner in my mouth? <laughs> so uh, I, what I thought was funny is like, I get, 
I I get the idea that something happening in a movie about it would cause people to be like, oh my gosh. But I would immediately just think some psycho went to a violent movie and decided to be violent at that time. Yeah. But apparently the whole world decides that because it's the movie Stab, it is immediately related to the Woodsboro murders. And then they're like, Sydney gets swamped by reporters, including Gail Weathers, who then ambushes her with Cotton Weary. Gail's like, it's cool. I know her. I know her and Cotton. We're gonna get an interview. Cotton, she, she's like Cotton. We've been really close before. And then Cotton's like, "Oh, I didn't know you meant close." As in, she punched you in the face. Because <laughs> <laughs> she punched you in the face again. That was uh, he. She should have said. I think it was a lost moment when she didn't say. That's well, not the first time Sydney Prescott's hit me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> he is so creepy in his attempts to make Sydney come on TV he's, to apologize to him. He's 100% like, I'm going to get real fucking creepy about this. You're going to come on TV and apologize, and I'm going to make money, or or else. Or else. Uh, enough enough that at some point, the uh, I guess it's it's probably Marshalls, I'm assuming. I, would assume, I don't know if I had said or if I paid attention to what kind of police officers they were, hmm. but they're wearing suits. And I feel like Marshalls would be the kind that would get involved in a, in a protection thing like that. I'm probably wrong. It could be FBI because it's state lines or something. I don't know. Who knows? Suited up copy mans. Um, arrest him because he's just yelling at her in a library. <laughs> Once again, jumping around a lot. This one, I don't know as deeply as I know the first one. So... I'm just going to go with what I remember and yeah. how it happens. I'm this isn't not. like a movie, movie review podcast. This is a creepy podcast. I literally watched this movie yesterday and I still don't remember it as well as the first one. Because the first one just some of better it today to rewatch. And I forgot most of That's it. That's so funny. Um, like I said, it's not bad. The one thing that did disappoint me and made me sad uh, back then was the fact that I was madly in love with sarah michelle geller as a child oh, yeah i mean who who wasn't did you uh, have eyeballs she has buffy the vampire slayer mm-hmm. um which i had an obsession with because i was obsessed with the buffy the vampire slayer movie and in the 90s i was like they make tv shows off of movies yep there's probably a tv show for this my brain connected this yep and i was right and i was happy and then i was like oh it's not the same girl but then i was then i fell in love and you're like oh wait it's better I, this is better. I only just realized that every time Sarah Michelle Gellar was in a horror movie at this time, she always died mm-hmm. pretty early on. Yeah, she's in a, I Know What You Did Last Summer. And she gets murdered. Mm-hmm. And she's always just like a blonde bimbo who gets murdered. And I was saddened by that. because She, she doesn't die in Southland Tales. <laughs> <laughs> Not a horror movie. It's just a movie. I, I just look for excuses to bring it up. It's... <laughs> That's why I wear a hoodie that says I'm a pimp and pimps don't commit suicide. And everybody should have one and they should remember that it's okay to be sad mm-hmm. or something. I don't know. I I tell people that I have that shirt. One, because it's a quote from a movie, but also two, Jared did make it for me to in, in a time of extreme depression to be like, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> well so, listen it's just i think it's a, inspirational but i could see how some people might find it offensive he's a good dungeon slave owner because he knows what speaks to you and resonates yeah it, it's a weirdly uplifting offensive statement <laughs> yeah 
but like we were saying, Cotton is a big part of this movie. Um, to a point that he like, he even says at one point, he's like, "You wrote a book. You wrote a book claiming my innocence, Kale. You're not having character doubts now, are you?" <laughs> but like the whole movie puts character doubts up about him to the point where he's a little bit the hero at the end. And even if he isn't the actual hero, he's allowed the credit of it. They give it to him. They give him. And the credit of he it. he definitely like plays it well though, where he's like. Mm. Am I going? He makes her agree to an interview before he saves her. <laughs> he's still and then dick. he's like, you know, I wouldn't have not saved you, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you know the dog? Okay, so going back to when Sarah Michelle Geller, uh, Keller, uh, Sarah Michelle Geller's character gets killed. I don't know why that was hard to say. Cece, if I would have put that in there, it would have made more sense why it was hard to say. Um the little dog, when they run out of the sorority house party to go see the crime scene, yeah, that little dog, that's Leif Schreiber's dog. Is it? Yeah. That's funny. They were supposed to hire a dog, and I guess he brought it, and he was like, let's just use my dog. That's so funny. And I don't know why. there's The dog in that scene doesn't make any sense. It's not like anybody has a dog. There's just a dog there. It's the party dog. It's the party dog. Um. And so they go and they go and visit. And then that's a Tom Cardi song, by the way. Party dog. Party dog. It's a good one. <laughs> right after all of this, in the same location, after the police and the the paramedics and all the crime stuff is clean up and leaves immediately, because apparently that's all they needed for that was that time there to figure out the crime. Um, was that surprise? It was a surprisingly short amount of time that they stayed. For something like somebody being thrown out of a window with stab wounds. Yeah. Sydney's in the house and gets a phone call from Ghostface right away, who is already ready to be on her. Yeah, this is the part where I was thinking in the first one where she's like, well, fucking like show yourself. And he's like, okay. Yeah. He just shows up. He's just like, I'm here. See, bitch. (laughs) And then. But he locked the front door. Typical chase stuff goes on. And she gets away. Boyfriend's like, let me help. But the door's locked. Yeah. She lets him in. He runs into the house. He gets attacked by Ghostface. So once again, not receiving any real damage. Well, he gets slashed in the arm. But But nothing. When he shows up and he grabs her shoulders, he's like, are you okay, Sydney? Are you okay, Sydney? But he's like pushing her back towards the door. She just ran from a man with a knife. Oh, shit. I didn't notice that. He stops her from running and then gets her closer to the door. And the whole time I'm like, bro, you're going to be holding her when she gets shoved. She does say like when he realizes something's wrong in the house, he walks past her. She's like, don't. And then he goes in anyway. Yeah. And then he gets into a fight with Ghostface. Gets cut. But he gets cut in a way that leaves it to where Sid's a little suspicious of him. Because, yeah, he has a slash this time. He's not just wearing corn syrup, but it doesn't, it's not damaging in any way. No, I mean, it's damaging to his skin. To his skin. But we've seen ghost faces take worse wounds. I'm going to say, yeah, like you have to think about it not in terms of like what that cut is, but in terms of how these movies are made. Yeah. What he got was nothing. And all it did was shine suspicion on him as her boyfriend. As the person linked to her life, because it's always got to be somebody who's directly connected to her friend circle that's involved. It's true. Dewey says it himself. He's like, it's got to be one of us. And it's even funnier yeah, he's when he's like, this guy's pro- you probably already know him. He gets off on that kind of thing. Yeah. And then him and Randy, you sit down to have coffee in a coffee shop and they're 
That's where the scene where Luke Wilson is on with Tori Spelling and they're doing that scene. And Randy is literally like, you know, we got to figure out who it is. It could be Mickey, the one of their friends, because he's a weird film nerd guy who's like super into that stuff. But then he goes, but if we include him, we have to include me. Yeah. And then he's like, we also have to include you, Dewey. And Dewey's like, yeah, I guess it could be any of us, huh? Because, like, why would we show up from Woodsboro? Yeah. Like, he, they incriminate he, themselves. He does say that. But in the scene before that, too, he's like, if, if it's not someone who survived last time, we can't trust them. Yeah. <laughs> so this is when Randy explains the rules to a sequel, then, mm-hmm. which is higher body count, higher body count bloodier murder scenes oh, you gotta be more gore more elaborate and then before he can say if they want to make a franchise dewey cuts him off yeah so like there's another rule we don't get yep but also a lot more of the original cast is on the table to die now mm-hmm. um ironically though not that many of them yeah just the most disappointing one which i was sad sc- scream was my original idea of who jamie kennedy was yeah um before things like malibu's most wanted came out and like ruined what i thought he was i just thought he was the lovable goofy guy and then he like took that and he was like how extreme can malibu's most wanted he was like oh you didn't know my my, i'm actually kind of like uh like a knockoff paulie shore or like yeah like nick schwartzen yeah that see that always disappointed me because i always saw him as randy he's kind of like an ali g light sometimes you know what I mean? Like those like yeah, real intense weird character sketches where he was doing like pranks on people and stuff. Yeah, it was weird. I saw one recently where he was like dressed up as like a waiter doing something, trying to feed people alligators or something. I would eat an alligator. I've he- I've had alligator jerky before. It wasn't like cooked alligator. He opened it and it was like a little bit of swamp water with a live alligator in it. Oh, I would just keep it. That's mine now. <laughs> but so he explains all the rules and then him gail and dewey kind of buddy around for a while trying to figure out who the killer might be trying to dissect everything this is when the second time gail's like well the first time that her cameraman's like i just read your book you didn't tell me what happened to your like first cameraman yeah not sure i want to be a part of this do you know what happens to brothers in this part in this type of thing and she calls him a bitch <laughs> she calls him a bitch and tells him if he wants to make it on national tv he's got to suck it up essentially because for her it's all about money in the end oh you know what we murdered or you know what we murdered <laughs> you know what we missed what about a murder didn't billy sing and in- oh no not billy not uh, billy uh, what's his name billy uh new billy new billy uh yeah I, that it's so cringe threw me off so much it's so cringe was that just like the 90s needing a musical number is that a thing there was a lot of music back it made then. me it was like the scene from 10 things i hate about you but like bad what's his name Derek? Derek, yeah Derek. oh sings to her in the middle of the lunchroom and then gives her his Greek letters, which is oh, apparently yeah, some kind of it's literally pas. It's literally the thing that gets him killed. It is, because it leads to him getting hazed, which leads to him being tied up, which, which makes it very easy to get murdered. <laughs> he gets shot, right? Yeah, because he's hung up really high. The, I didn't get to finish, finish this rewatch, um, unfortunately. 
but I had a wild week. So yeah, they do that. Then Gail, Dewey, and and Randy are together. They're trying to find out who the killer is, and Gail keeps getting these weird phone calls that she's hanging up on. They're not ghost face calls, but they're like strange. I forget what they were all saying, but then it, it leads to Randy picking up her phone and like just being like, fuck off, Gail's not here right now. Oh yeah. Leave us alone. And then it is Ghostface, who then taunts the shit out of him, and then they're off. He's just chatting with him. He's like, so, like, what's your favorite sco- scary movie and stuff? And, like, you know, at least Stu and Billy were original. You're kind of being really corny right now, and you kind of suck a little bit at this. And he's, like, talking shit the whole time. Well, he he talks mad shit on Billy. He does at some point. But for at first, he, like, gives those two credit for being better killers than this guy. And then it's just the saddest thing in the world because he's next to Gail's van and he gets pulled in while talking shit about Billy, which is going to come up which, later. Which kind of why proves, that's a big deal. It kind of proves that the killer was trying to kill Gail. Yeah, hiding in the van, hiding in the van, calling, calling Gail's phone. phone. It just it just didn't end that way. And the killer pulls Randy into the car, and this is one of the few times you don't see Ghostface actually kill someone. No, this but is an you murder. but you hear it and you see the drip. Yeah. And then when the Gail, her cameraman, Kenny, not Kenny this time. Not Kenny. Not Kenny. And do we find Randy in the van? That's when her cameraman's like, yep, no, I'm out. New Billy and not Kenny. We we definitely liked these characters. <laughs> liked them so much. Uh, but this all leads up to a scene where Gail is trying to find out if, I guess they decide like, They've been there's been filming nonstop since these killings started. There's been reporters there the whole time. There's been people filming. So uh, there's got to be a chance that they got a shot of the killer at some point. Yeah, they're like let's let's re-roll the tapes. So they go and they find like the video lab to go through everything. Ironically, they're not wrong because there's a woman who is kind of fangirling over Gail quite a bit throughout the movie she's another reporter and she's just always there sometimes she's there first and makes fun of gail for getting there late um she asks like she talks about how she like read her books and she's like a big fan and stuff um shit what was her name because it's not her real name then anyway doesn't matter (laughs) it's billy's mom billy's mom was the reporter the whole time she was the reporter the whole time the other reporter like by this point, right? I mean, as a kid, I, I didn't. But like, even just like knowing the formula of horror movies now, you've seen this speaking role woman so many times, you know she has something to do with the movie. And it's awkward. It's not like she's a part of anything. She just comes in and she's just like, no, actually, hey, I think the last time we saw her, she apologized to Gail. Did she? She was like, you know what? Yeah, you know what? I'm sorry. Huh? Because she's like, she comes up there and Gail bugs out on her. Yeah. And she apologizes and like walks away. Oh, yeah. Because Gail's like, at this point, Gail's not a reporter. She's survivor. And she's like, leave me the fuck alone right now. It's not really cool to be bugging me like during this. And it's kind of her moment when she's like, is this what I've been doing to people? Because this is like right after, that's right after she thinks Bill, uh, Dewey gets killed for the second time, right? Yes. Because while they're out filming, like watching the videotapes, somebody starts playing. Like, they're watching their footage, and they're trying to spot something, and they don't. And then another TV clicks on, and it is 
the footage that leads up to um, the killing of Cece, and then it's footage from inside the van that leads up to the killing of Randy, and then it is all of a sudden live feed on Gale and Dewey. Oh, yeah. And that's when they realize that they're being watched and that the killer must be in there with them. And they yeah, chase... it's like right from behind them, like above. But well, I guess it is like an amphitheater. Yeah. So then uh, what is it? They end up looking around and they see that the killer is up in like a projector room where Dewey runs up to. Which it literally looked like the scariest little hole in the wall when he looked up there. Like <laughs> there's just the monster, like, like a bad guy go? hanging out. Where'd yeah. he go? And then all of a sudden he's down there. Yeah. Went through a Teleporter. tunnel. Ghostface got teleport powers, but well, like real um, life ones. It's also it's like a people. film, a school for film. So maybe it's like they have uh, trap doors and stuff. Yeah. yeah you know, they possible. have those for like stage events. Yeah. No, I mean, that's logical. That's possible. Yeah. Because he runs up there and he's like, there's no one up here. And then all of a sudden the killer's down behind Gail. Yeah. And he chases well, her for like a when, when fucking Cindy, Sydney, and I keep saying Cindy because of scary movie. When Sydney and Haley get out of the car, she's like, I'm going to go back and check on him. Then he's back behind Haley, but behind a pile of wood yeah that one doesn't make any sense they were just in a car accident there's no way the other one just happened to also get there that fast no because then he gets out of the car right yeah so he's like he got out and repositioned himself yeah because there's no way yeah there's no way it could have been the other killer unless they were in the trunk which in case they probably also were fucked up and how'd they get out of the trunk oh my god yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's always there's always going to be the movie miscommunication thing though um but so, yeah, the, the ghost face chases the two of them. Well, mostly Gale. You can tell that they're really after Gale. And it would make sense because if this is, if this is spoilers, because we've already said it anyway, Billy's mom uh, coming after them, she's going to want Sydney and Gale more than anyone else. Oh, yeah. Because Dewey's involvement was being mostly dead. And Gale and Sydney were the ones that actually, like, fought it's probably um, why dewey gets stabbed so much without dying is because the killers don't give a shit about they're him. just like stop like i'm just gonna keep st-. he always gets stabbed in the back he maybe he's got bear training and he's like play dead <laughs> stab play dead oh maybe he's got the turtle shell from legend of the crippled masters well he gets stabbed a few times this time do you remember that movie no the the, uh, the like martial arts film with the guy who's only got arms the other guy's only got legs definitely not what Legend of the Cripple Masters. I've never seen it. Oh, it's amazing. I've heard about it. I, I watched I, it when we worked at Blockbuster, so I thought I would have showed you. I think you told me about it, because I do remember you talking about it before now. But the I've bad guy has it. a turtle shell back. You don't ever see it, but every time he gets hit in the back, it goes, Ka-ching! That's funny. That's a weird Maybe that's the disability. power he's got. <laughs> nah, because he like, bleeds a lot, yeah. and like, he gets smacked. Like, he is in a soundproof box, which requires him to find a microphone okay, to get Gail's attention. When you bang on a soundproof window, it still makes a bonk. Are you sure? Yes. On the side that you're in. I don't know, man. I guess we'll have to test this. I was if watching you have this any and experience I'm like, with that, you bullshit. Know. I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm not a doctor. Also, it's movie logic. Um, and for movies I like, I do turn off that part of me that over criticizes movies I don't like. That's so. fair. Uh, <laughs> there's that so he gets killed right in front of gail right in front while of she silent screams because we're hearing it from the inside of the soundproof room. that was my silent scream i hope you liked it oh yeah oh yeah 
The killer chases her around. Uh, when do we find out that Dewey survives this one? It's like pretty quickly after that, right? Mm. Like it's not the end of the movie again. No, it's not the end of the movie. It's more of a like he's going to the hospital. He'll be okay. He's just not in the movie anymore. I think so. Because the end is Gail and Sydney. And is there a third person who shows up? Not Randy. Not Randy. No, because the other person that would show up, they're all dead. Boyfriend, all her friends are dead at this point. Dead. Boyfriend's oh, we, not we dead. Did, we the boyfriend's to, tied We did out. forget to mention, this was kind of important, um, Timothy Oliphant uh, tricks Sydney what into thinking that Derek is the partner. Oh, well, I mean, that's easy to do. And then he kills him, and then he's like, JK, I had a different partner. And that's when Billy's mom comes out with, Mrs. Loomis comes out with uh, Gail at gunpoint. That's right. Wait, because at this point, does he trick her before revealing that Derek is tied up on this star thing, all like crucified? Like, no, that's how she's like getting him down, and he's like, "Oh, oh he's my partner." He before he got away, him. yeah, that's right. Yeah, he definitely gets shot. Then that's how I remember. No, because Mickey is less. Of, I thought he got stabbed. No, nah, I don't. I think it's definitely shot because Mickey is way less original. Because Mickey's whole thing is Mickey is I don't know how Miss Loomis found him on a on a board for psychos. They said it. Oh, that comes back later. Just so you know, if you watch five, yeah, they found him on a uh, like a deep web message board. Okay, okay, that makes sense then. He's only doing it because he wants to get famous in trial. Yeah. Once again, bringing it back to the the fact that. But he's saying he's like I'm going to blame the movies. He's like I'm not going to say I'm innocent. He's like I'm going to I'm going to say this is all their fault. Yeah, Once, but it, it goes crazy. He's to, like the Christian, the Christian uh, advocacy groups will pay my legal fills, uh, fees. <laughs> Straight up says it. It goes back to Williamson's like original, like what brought him to this was how courtroom drama and like media over centralized, over sensationalize, sensationalizes these kind of crimes is like this guy's like oh no i'll get famous from this i know that's going to happen now and it's like another like stab at like the media for that kind of like portrayal i mean gail herself like is like i think she's like the icon like how every movie creates like a a trope role gail as the reporter who is sleazy is like in these movies specifically as a trope to pick at sleazy reporters yeah but no, yeah. So Billy's mom brings out her. He kills Derek up on the thing, which is the saddest thing. He got hazed because of his love for Sydney. And then the yeah. whole time since he got cut, she has no longer trusted him. Yep. And he's gone through so much to try and prove that he's loyal to her. And he gets tied up by his friends because of it's it. It's like extra sad because like how he was like the perfect boyfriend like yeah. replacement for Billy. He was like opposite Billy. He was Yilib. Yilib. <laughs> he's Yilib. He's Yilib. But then, yeah, yeah. It's, Mickey's there just to, to get famous, and, and Mrs. Loomis is there because I, she wants to kill the girl who killed her son, who Which is killed really like, the girl's mom. Shouldn't you just want to go kill your husband? It's It's such a loop. It's such a loop. Vengeance never makes sense. She is there to get revenge on the girl who got revenge on the guy who killed her mom, who was getting revenge for the mom sleeping with the dad who made her mom leave. This is a really long line. And in reality, 
I guess the whole time Miss Loomis is almost the bad guy. Well, you think about it too. Even Billy and if she didn't leave. If she would have been like, let's get counseling. <laughs> let's work on our marriage. If if, if you think if about the sanctity it, though, of marriage mattered, then <laughs> then Billy wouldn't have become a psychopath, and this you, whole thing would be over. You almost were able to say that without laughing. <laughs> um, if if Billy and Stu, I said this earlier, but if they would have just stopped after the first vengeance right like yeah. not to say like dude, that that shouldn't even have been done either no but, but if they would have like just gotten showed, hard for it, it it just showed them spiral from there yeah if they didn't, like fall into their full psychotic like thing which that they're like he so never he never blames his dad once we don't even know billy's dad's name exactly he's just billy's dad and that he's got a lot of money and that the sheriffs didn't want to deal with him because of that <clears throat> he's like a lawyer i think that's it that's all we know what a piece of shit kid yeah I had something there and I lost it. Billy and Stu were the best. They were good. Bad guys, though. Mickey, like, that was the thing. This was a good movie, I think, until the reveal, because I was like, that's dumb. Well, Sydney's face is very similar to my feeling as the audience. When she comes out, I'm like, who? <laughs> like, what? Why? But, you know, it could be a woman. That's what they're well, No, that's what one. they're saying. They, I guess they said at one point she like lost weight and had some work done or something. Oh, yeah, because you would think that Sydney would know who his mom was. Well, it took her a minute. She recognized her when she got revealed, but she didn't see her in the midst of all the reporters. Yeah, when she was around and stuff. Well, I mean, we're at the end now. I mean, they get killed again. Uh, I think Sydney like, pre-fires on Mickey before he can get back up, right? Um, No. No, she kills Mrs. Loomis. She shoots. Miss Loomis kills Mickey. She Wait, does she put an extra bullet in Miss Loomis? I'm pretty sure. Um, but Mickey does jump back up, and Courtney Cox and Nev That's Campbell true. blast him away together. That's right. That's they the like one where they double do that. shoot him. So, like, I mean, overall, I think ten out of ten for the first scream. I'd probably give this like a seven out of ten. Yeah, I think it's a very good sequel. It's good. I didn't necessarily like the ending. Um, but that's yep. like a common thing with a lot of movies. Yep. So. Ending's very weak compared to the first movie. Like the the it, all these movies have like this weird M Night Shyamalan type triad twist, so it's always way more ridiculous than you you would expect. Like the whole time they're like, it's obviously this person that yeah. would be the obvious choice to pick, and then it's someone completely absurd. Like four does it the worst, but like yeah. this one, pretty close. As far as like bad guy, no one, no. How would I rate the twist? The one, first one, best one. I would say, you know what? I would put two number two, actually. I put five as number three. No, I'd put five number two. Two as number three. Wow, you really like five that much. Okay, I'm excited to watch that one then. I'd put, well, the twist is cool. I like the twist, and that's what led me to think that. Six really was going to be the way. I don't it was really remember be. that much about it. I re I really must not have been paying attention. Four's when I twist I didn't it. like because it was just her niece or whatever, and I was like, "That's a stupid twist." So what? Four will spoilers. be last. Spoilers. You've seen four. I have at least once. Yeah, I've yeah, seen I it twice. I, I saw it I literally once. <laughs> anyway, so if if you like us doing some horror movie reviews, we can. There's a million movie franchises we can get into, but just let us know. Uh, it was fun. Good night, everybody. Thanks for stopping by.